0: So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting Bluehost.com. That's Bluehost.com. Salutations, everybody. It is Maddie here today with episode 228 of the Ham Radio Podcast.
1: And it's me, Carrick, with ACG.
0: Now, we got a story to tell. We also have a different layout this time around. Uh, Carrick, it's our old one where we had the four boxes. Except it's, okay. a, it's a leftover one. So one of the middle parts says, take your joy. And it's, it's when we were talking about, it was that far back. We were talking about We Happy Few. And also we have oh. Shadow of War. It says Fresh Start. Now, I don't have the file on my computer Damn. to edit this right now because I'm using my laptop right now. Uh, some may be wondering why that's the case. So that leads us to our story time. About an hour before the show when we usually record, I'm sitting down. I'm getting ready to actually edit a patron video. And my power goes out. And I'm like, oh, my God, of course. So I'm thinking, oh, it's midday power outage. There's no weather. There's no wind. I'm like, ah, something just happened. I'll wait it out. So it's 20 minutes. And I'm like, "Uh, we're still at no power. So I run to my studio space. The power's on there. I had my mic with me, my webcam with me. And then I get a call from my mom saying, hey, guess what? Power's back. So I'm like, oh, I'll stay here in the office. I'll do the podcast here. Then I realize I don't have my headphones with me. So I'm like, shit, even if I wanted to, Gotta run home now. So I take everything with me, I run home, there's traffic because there's people working on the power lines, (laughs) so essentially I shred off a half hour of my life uh, that I'll never get back. So, with all of that out of the way, you guys now know why the overlay is the way it is. We're going to do something a little bit different. We pride ourselves on being an accurate podcast, getting our information correct, and uh, last week when we talked about Pokemon, it seems, Carrick, we were a a tad misinformed. So we're going to just go through some revisions from the commenters. We did make people aware we were not Pokemon expert, but still, I don't find that to be an excuse. No one was really cranking on us, but more so correcting us. Uh, so we're going to read a comment from uh, Wrenching Gear. It says, the 400 Pokemon in the leaked Galarian decks, by the way, this now that the game's fully out, maybe this information has changed, but we still want to read these corrections. Uh, includes the new ones. I think I've counted 85 new mons. The actual number of old Pokemon is somewhere around 315, which means around about 500 of the 800 Pokemon aren't even included in the game, which is way more than even the most pessimistic of Dexters expected. Uh, this was me, by, by the way. character not say this part. Uh, the trailer that was uploaded days before we had recorded called A New Era of Pokemon Begins didn't feature a single Pokemon that was excluded from the game. Maybe it was in poor taste, but it wasn't misleading. Correct. I do apologize. I was wrong on that. And this one wasn't more so correcting us, but uh, additional information. It says, concerning the quality of the models, many of the game's 3DS models uh, can be found in the Gmod Workshop. Yun poles add-ons have a particular high quality. They have a great amount of detail and have been reused for Let's Go. Um, Storage space isn't really a problem. Just take a look at how big the previous games were and keep in mind that Sword and Shield is on the Switch and on an even bigger cartridge. Uh, What people find particularly strange is that Let's Go, despite being a Gen 1 remake, contained data for Pokemon from the other gens as well, though it lacked their model and texture files. So, just wanted to make sure we had the corrections out there. We do pay attention to the show. We've actually never had to do this before. Not that we've never gotten things wrong before. But uh, not to, I'd say, that significance. And we, we value the people who give us their time every Sunday or Friday or Saturday or whenever you choose to listen to us. Uh, so thank you to the commenters for giving their feedback and making sure we are straight. So um, with that correction out of the way, Carrick, what are you doing on the Patreon? What are you doing on the channel? Any any cool plans? Um,
1: No, but I guess we do have some overlap. People keep asking um, what's going on and why I haven't done a bunch of reviews, most of it's been a mixture of codes and some stuff going on outside where it's easier to stream mm-hmm. than it is to sit for six hours. Well, not six hours. That'd be the editing. But six sit for a certain amount of time and play the game and do the reviews. So I've been doing reviews in the podcasts. And um, for whatever reason, no matter how many times I inform people, no matter where I go, that's like the first thing. Like, oh, you've stopped right. reviewing? Every winter, I do slow down because that's the only... I love christmas so i do go slower but it's just been that i was going to do uh star wars right i think you and i both had this issue and uh yeah ea is just impossible they did say i was getting a Uh, code a couple days prior but i went out and got a street date one and then when i was playing it i was like you know what i'm not going to review it um so yeah we've Mm -hmm. covered death stranding on the podcast if people want to know um, on the International, I've covered it to death. Like I, You can get my idea of it. Same with Star Wars, same with Need for Speed Heat. What's the okay. other one? Mortal, uh, Modern Warfare. Right. I do want to say, I was so tired last podcast, I actually don't even know what you were correcting us on.
0: So, um, weirdly enough, oh. Grim
1: asked me. I was just going to say, because Grim asked me, or somebody asked me something about the last podcast. and I'm like, dude, I have no clue. <laughs> I don't even remember saying. That. I believe not it or not,
0: I, I had to go and re listen To the whole section of the podcast where we were talking. I do to them know out. that
1: I saw a Reddit where somebody took the models and said and like did a thing where they said they were reused.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, I don't know if that's what they're talking about. No, that, that was that that correction came talk. before that week. Oh, okay. So I was just oh, reading you. that information for okay. what it was for in reference to our show for those who may have listened last week and then. Uh, well, we do it Friday, in right? You know that's yeah. the one thing. Friday, and then you have Saturday, and mm-hmm. you post. Who do you, you give it to
1: people? Friday, right? Friday for yep. yep. And we go live Sunday. Yep. A lot of shit happens in those two days, <laughs> yeah. I guess. A lot of new data. It's it's sort of cool. Yeah. You get to look back and. Go I mean, and we literally it, you know, give
0: it the we, max yes. amount of time that we possibly can. We record in the evening on a Friday, but that that was it. Was yes. more so statements that we got wrong. Rather. So what did and, we get wrong? Exactly. Um, the amount of Pokemon no, I mean, that were cut. Um, we, oh, we like, oh, okay. we like drastically gotcha. underestimated that. Um, I got the trailer completely wrong. You know, I said that, oh, they they were like having Pokemon in there that weren't actually in the game. Turns out all that were there are actually in the game, which makes sense. Cause then I think it would be considered false advertisement. If, oh, okay. Yeah.
1: I do remember us talking about yes. that.
0: And then the model thing, did somebody bring that up?
1: Cause I saw, I, when I
0: listened, there. I didn't, I didn't, I, I heard us talk about, the world, the graphics, and I think he was – that didn't seem like a correction from what I listened to. It might be, mm. but um, it seemed more like here's extra information on that. Like, hey, you're not good to know. as informed. Exactly. So, yeah, definitely helps to have the audience uh, get in our back like that. Um, on my end, patron videos continue. Uh, for those who aren't patrons, don't worry. Those videos will go live during December Uh, When I go away for a bit of a holiday break, and you'll have videos every single day while I'm gone. Uh, Much like Carrick, I enjoy the holidays too, and I do sort of pump the brakes around this time of year because it's really the only time you can comfortably take some time off and know probably nothing significant will happen and nothing's going to drop, especially because what's happening now is the fall. This fall was kind of slow, and this coming we'll say first three months of the year is like how the fall normally is like very big titles, exciting games one after the other after the other. I mean, it doesn't really stop until cyberpunk, I think. And I'm sure that that part of the year will fill out anyway. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been a, a slower time, but because of Bethesda and obsidian, it's, it's been good for the channel news and discussion wise. So it's been nice, but, um, overall, um, Laylee and I launched our new podcast, BFGF AFK, which has had great reception. We've been really thrilled by that. A lot of people seem really interested. Uh, It's available to patrons. Um, There's a a $2 level podcast duo tier that I added in before I launched my Patreon trailer. So pretty much you get the podcast package um, for early access. But if you don't want that, then all you got to do is wait till Saturday and you can listen on Spotify, iTunes, Pocket Casts, um, Google Podcasts, what have you. Um, so, with one of our longest intros to date complete, Carrick, let's shift into what is going to be the main section of our podcast, I'd imagine. So, Xbox had a pretty loud Thursday where they had the XO19. They had a ton of reveals and news. We have an article up from GameSpot that is everything Xbox announced at this showcase. So, they did start off with the Star Wars Force, or not Force Awakens, uh, Fallen Order. Trailer, we're not going to talk about that. We're just going to talk about announcements, reveals, actual news. Um, so we'll begin with Rare announcing a new game, the developer behind Sea of Thieves. Uh, Rare announced a brand new game called Everwild, which is a, the third title to come from the studio. It appears to be a journey-like adventure game where you explore a beautiful world and discover magical moments with help of the other players. Rare said Everwild is still early in development and will continue to be developed alongside new updates for Sea of Thieves. Were you underwhelmed by this new IP from Rare?
1: No, no. Uh, it looked a little like Viva Pinata with some of the stuff they were doing, and I'm a fan of that. I thought of, that. of Battleborn. <laughs> that that Ar- Battle- Archer
0: it, girl? Kinda yeah. Little, and like um,
1: I, 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 overall, I usually am not never underwhelmed. I'm usually like, does it check an interest box? Yeah, then, I get that. I I don't worry too much about trailers. We've seen some shit trailers for awesome games and some awesome (laughs) trailers for shit games. So Mm. I'm a little bit, like, interested, yes, no. And, yeah, I was interested, but not, like, it didn't make me go, oh, fuck, you know. Gotcha.
0: Yeah, for me, it was, um, those types of trailers don't grab me. It's like, I just want to see the game at that point. Um, Same thing went for a lot of these trailers. A lot of them initially did just show concepts, not, like, raw gameplay yeah. of the game running um so i'm, I'm interested for sure because rare did show that they i mean as far as i've heard kind of turned sea of thieves around i think yes. game pass was sort of the inception of that and it helped propel a player base and then they really built something into it i've not paid close attention to that game at all i do have a friend who continues to play it though so i imagine you know something's going on there that's interesting that he's not just still doing the same five things that you could do in the base game. <laughs> but, uh... No, my Discord plays it, and supposedly it is like not what you and I experienced, like
1: at all. Wow. If we jumped into it, we'd be like, It might be simple. fun to go back to. It, it might be. I mean, they're talking about it all the time. There's new content hmm. all the time and new uh, stuff you and I couldn't even do.
0: Like See, I never NPCs even um... even. Oh wow. Okay. See, I never even thought of with Game Pass. It's also useful for. I'll come back to this later. You know, I never thought of it that way, Absolutely. where it's always, I always think of it as an entry, but I never I thought, thought you of were it saying as, we should
1: come back to it later. I was, <laughs> so I got quiet. <laughs> go
0: ahead. No, go ahead. I more so meant like, oh, I can, I can come back to this game later on and mm-hmm. sign up because I'm not, I don't use my Xbox really at all. So I'm not a Game Pass subscriber, but it is mm-hmm. enticing to be like, oh, I kind of want to go back to this game and therefore I will sign up for Game Pass so that I can access this title. I never viewed it in the, I guess the rear view window. So yeah. Another neat perk. And I, I imagine um, all of these games will be available through Xbox Game Pass. They really increase the value. And uh, that's going to be an yeah. exciting conversation in its own right, especially with uh, Stadia right around the corner, which we'll be talking about later in the show. Obsidian announced a brand new game. Uh, obviously, we know them for developing The Outer Worlds, Fallout New Vegas. They're very popular single player RPG developers. But they look to be doing something a little bit different. A bit of a pra- passion project. It's developed by 13 people. It's called Grounded. It's a survival game. It's got a co-op element. It's got building. And pretty much you're shrunken down into a backyard as a kid. And you're walking around in in, in this backyard that has like toys and all this different stuff around you. Like you can see a huge baseball. Uh, it's really, really neat. It's really different. Once again, by 13 people. So some folks were underwhelmed, but obsidian staff is around 200 people so very small percentage working on this game now i've talked about this quite a bit on my channel sharing opinions thoughts uh, sharing information on the game so i know a lot of the audience is really caught up with how i feel about it i'm personally intrigued by it i'm not excited i'd say i'm intrigued um it looks a lot more deep than i expected but to get the conversation rolling i'd like to hear from you what what did you think about this game because i know you like uh a smaller game a hidden gem and um, did this one kind of call out to you, especially because it's by Obsidian and they're doing something a little different? Yeah, and
1: I, I would say the same thing you said. People need to realize that uh, just like Rare's title, it's not all Rare's working on. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not all Obsidian's working on. But for me, I'm a Toy Commander fan, which was a Dreamcast game. I'm Toy Story ga- fan. Anything with toys, mixtures, small. So, honey, the, I Shrunk the Kids, that right. kind of stuff. And to, so, to me, that actually was not only checked as, like, interest, but, like, that actually looks like something I would want to get into with friends to just sort of run around inside of a miniature world. That that That's one of the things is that's why Outer Worlds called me because I like sci-fi. Right. That's why. And you love Fallout, Firefly. I love Firefly. And then Fallout uh, intrigued me because I like post-apocalyptic. And so, to me, it's another world that it, it sort of lets them do modern but in a completely different way, which is all shrunken down. And mm-hmm. I like—I lo- love the idea. I don't know how it'll turn out, but I, I'm really excited for it, actually.
0: Yeah, I like the idea, too, because I remember growing up, and and even when I returned to my N64, one of my favorite games to play was the Army Men game. I I love yep. those games. And, you know, running around, like, one of the levels just being a bathtub, and it's like, what? This Dude. is so cool. And, yep. and, and there's just something charming about that, because it looks like feature-wise... It's a lot of what we've seen in survival games. You have your thirst yeah. meter, your hunger meter, you, you mine resources, you defend bases, you build structures. Um, but I was reading an article by PC Gamer, and I want to pick your brain on maybe some of the thoughts you have about the features they're considering adding, um, because not every insect you see is going to attack you. So they, they say there's like worker ants, but these worker ants, you know, they're, they're pretty much neutral. But if you attack them, you harass them, eventually the soldier ants are going to start coming in, and they're going to start attacking you. And they said that they're interested, it's not confirmed, it's not like they're going to do it, but they're interested in adding what they call a faction system, where you can sort of ally with the type of insect, and they said they definitely want to add tameable insects, and insects that you can ride around in this backyard, so to speak, so you could tame a spider, maybe, or something like that, and ride it around. And I thought, once again, conceptually, this was really cool. It's sort of yeah, you know, I I don't know about much about Ark, but I imagine in that you know it's it's a lot of I think that's mm-hmm. the one where you interact with dinosaurs, correct? It is. Okay, yeah. yeah, and so I imagine there's an element of that in there that I may not be fully aware of because this universe speaks to me more than Ark did. That's kind of why it's pulling me. And do you share some of the sentiment on that with a faction system and and tameable insects? Yeah, and Ark runs at like five frames per second, so at the very <laughs> best, at the very
1: best, still. Sometimes. It, uh, it's better, but it is still it is wow. still a resource hog. But to me, what excites me about that is the idea of, let's say, I don't know if this would be possible, but let's say you fed the worker ants a little bit of planks of mm-hmm. wood for a while, and they know you like wood, so they brought you construction materials because mm. the game showed some construction. Like, I'm not saying they'll do that. I don't want to get into our Spider-Man discussion where we suddenly <laughs> magically change yeah. the game. But <laughs> that kind of stuff, dude, that it only need, there's only one thing you really need in most of these games to really make me feel like it's brand new one
0: mechanic one thing that like yeah the universe me. or something along those lines yeah
1: and then your expectations meet whatever innovation and they plug that in for example state of decay is a zombie game with social elements which has never been done so suddenly you have all the normal zombie stuff with social and to me that was highly interesting mm-hmm. and so if they do something like that in this um yeah, that's that's actually, that's actually very cool. I love the idea of riding ants too. Yeah. It's so dumb. Yeah, the idea of like four of us riding ants and running around and att- that is actually cool to me.
0: Yeah, and they also said that it's going to be driven by an adventure. So they said it's not like this endless sandbox. The game actually eventually oh. ends, which oh, I don't know if that's oh. very unique to the genre. But when I read it, I was I was very caught off guard. I thought that was great news.
1: Yeah, like. I don't think most games. Maybe they have a single player element in that open world at the end, maybe. But I don't Possibly. know a lot that do that. Yeah, that they did say like it's open world. Huh? Cool. Yeah, that that all that stuff is highly. And also, I I'm sure you covered this, but I love the fact that they're just like, and I get it's a service game, so some people aren't going to like this. But for that small of a team, I like the fact that they're probably going to deliver something, and then. It, they'll watch what people do mm-hmm. and say people like, right? People want to write the ants. Like, yeah, or I something, mean, and add that.
0: I think part of the reason I'm willing to buy in is because it's 13 people, right? It's like, yeah. When they yeah. say, oh, we wanted to put it on game preview because we wanted to see what people did, what they think, and we can evolve this over time, that sounds a lot more plausible when you have 13 instead of 75 on hand, right? Because then it's an actual team that should be able to put together ideas and get something going. But if this is a small passion project off to the side, and you really, you know, the community does push that type of project forward when you have that small of a staff working on the game. So that's for me why I was I was very, very intrigued by this title. Um, next reveal was a really cool one. It was West of Dead. This comes from Raw Dude. Fury. So shout out to yeah. a friend of the show, D-Mart. Uh, he's come yeah. on before from Raw Fury and talked a lot about his experience uh, making indie games. So this is a Western-themed twin-stick shooter. Um, it's a Ghost Rider-looking character. Um, this trailer had the voice of Ron Perlant, Perlman. There was a kind of comic book style to the trailer and the gameplay. And it's actually available for open beta on Xbox One right now. Looks really cool. Dude, the,
1: I don't know why. Ron per, I'm a sucker for Ron Perlman. Oh, um, as am I. <laughs> as yeah, am I. It, it, he just... And they were showing stuff that if you watched the trailer, you may have missed... If you watch it, like, just sort of off the side. But if you look, they had some cool mechanics going on. They showed him hiding behind boxes and the the, the boxes, sliding the kills up close. Did you see, like, I love the slow-mo. Like, he gets up close to somebody, and he, like, I can't tell if he's got a knife, but he does some, like, uppercut thing, kills a dude, and I'm like. Yeah. And the the darker cell shading, because we get all these games with the Borderlands uh, saccharin color, mm-hmm. and this one looks, like it almost looks like they chose primary dark colors like there's something about the colors red yeah yeah it it just it looked awesome like to me that is the shit that i die for like those are the type of games that if they turn out to even be somewhat fun are just really cool to experience well yeah and it also
0: feels like western is not tapped into as much absolutely and and that's i get why because i think there's a small arsenal to work with in terms of gameplay tools And unless you're like, I guess, Red Dead Redemption 2, where you're just bringing that whole experience to life across the board, um, it could sound pretty unenticing. But I think when you there's a, I think, Call of War as Gunslinger, was it? There's like these arcade-y, cel-shaded Western games that are so unique and they rarely come by. But when they do, it's like, oh, man, why aren't more people doing this? But I guess that's what makes them special. I'm personally excited for it. A, A lot of what this show succeeded in, I think, Um, And I know some people weren't thrilled with the show, Um, but what I saw, yeah, I know, I know, (laughs) but I I saw a lot of reasons why I will want to turn on my Xbox next year, which is something I haven't really felt in a very long time. I turned it on for State of Decay 2 and that was it. That's oh, all. Well, do you all,
1: do you also think this one might be more enticing, even though it's western, which I agree in every way? Mm-hmm. Like you're saying, uh, it feels limited, but the undead part. They're, because they're mixing the magic
0: with the... Yeah, the Ghost Rider it, touch kind of is nice. Yeah,
1: and it opens it opens it up so you never know, and it, there's a couple D&D games. There's Deadlands, which is a western D&D game. It's considered one of the biggest RPGs, but there's also a point-and-click XCOM game mm-hmm. that's western I know what you're talking magic, about. Um, and I reviewed it, and I can't remember the name I know of it. what you're talking like,
0: about, too. I talked about it in a video before Red Dead came out about, like, western games people should try, and it was so cool-looking. Oh, dude! It's it, and it is a phenomenal game. So, yeah. But it also mixes that undead slash
1: necromancy with uh, western, and I think it works, dude. I th- I think those. I think that's actually one place, like you said, that I would like to see some devs dude, try. And just, Undead Nightmare worked mm-hmm. because they did that. There's just Red something
0: Deadpool. cool about the crossing of mm-hmm. old and and magical. Like I think yeah. of, um, oh my god, what was the game? I think it was Singularity. It was kind of like, I think, World War Two or Cold War era, but there was a, a mystical element. Was it Singularity? No, that was Legendary. No, Legendary was Legend-der- bad. I, I know, but it was... A,
1: is Are you sure you weren't talking... Because that had, like, Griffins and magic in World War Two. Are you talking about I, that? You're I'm definitely
0: thinking of Singularity. Maybe I'm getting the concept for Singularity wrong.
1: I didn't play it.
0: Oh, Singularity's really so good, know. man. It was like oh. the last game Raven made, and... and it was really good. You'd love it. Yeah, it, it reminds me a lot of uh, Resistance or something along those lines. Um, but doesn't
1: don't these remind you too of Wolfenstein in a way? Like mixing that, like magic and Wolfenstein and, has like that touch. Yeah, a, 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 a now world, especially the older ones. That one for the three
0: sixty. Was very oh mystical. oh yeah. Remember, it oh my was god, like, before they did so, the reboot with Bethesda. Yeah, yeah, know, yeah. So it not. was like
1: guns and magic, and mm-hmm. your or, or Nazi magic. Pretty sure I you guess. had an
0: ability that literally lifted people up out of cover.
1: Yeah, almost. It, it was nuts. It yeah. was, and I love it, man. I think that that's like a place where a lot of devs
0: could go. Absolutely. So we'll we'll take a pause from some of the news to answer. A question. We'll start off with Grimblade because I feel what we were just talking about about the crowd reception might be a good segue here. He says the general reaction to XO 19 and game conferences in general, emphasis on that, has been pretty negative from some people claiming there was nothing big, but positive from ones who felt there was something for everyone. Carrick already discussed this on the international podcast, but I wanted to frame the conversation a bit here. Is the fan focus on the next big thing, AAA titles, problematic? Carrick mentioned how someone critical commented everything was for kids, but there was a game where there was a giant ooze of blood and Wasteland 3. There was representation for almost every genre of game. I feel that the disappointing factor is the scale of the game. Very interesting question. Uh, ah. Well,
1: first of all, thank you to whoever wore the ACG shirt on, live on TV really whoever that was yeah that they, is they're, awesome they were in the interview um not they weren't doing the interview they were in the audience but you see right. in the interview I that's thought, so that awesome so that's so awesome. first of all general and then some people don't really work in a sentence in that way because uh, generally i don't know what we'll never be able to uh query the general audience and find out what they thought i will say i didn't notice any negativity whatsoever Hmm. until i went to one particular forum so i went to three forums and it was all positive and i went to one specific place where it was negative so i don't i think it's where you go Mm -hmm. right number one and then what your twitter fan base is and all that i think i don't know about you but i think overall it just i don't look for this anymore because i've covered not covered but i've been interested in e 3 since they were done on magazines, and Mm -hmm. um, they've never not had negative and never not had positive. People saw Sonys, and were like, nothing was there. I'm not saying I don't believe them. (laughs) I don't. I think they're liars. But I'll just say, I I think the people who say that, um, I don't care. Okay. Like, if you like games, you like games. Mm -hmm. If you like your console... Then that's something
0: different, and so to me, I think I don't, I don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. It I just th- is. I think the conversation with Xbox changes a little bit just because Sony leads the charge so much in the gap between these two consoles that I think a lot of folks tuning in who are voicing displeasure, maybe people who are looking for that big announcement, I put that in quotes to push them over to the top and have them get an xbox or want to get an xbox next year and so that's where i think a lot of the this was underwhelming may be coming from not to say that folks who already have an xbox were already underwhelmed but that would just be my prediction that i think the skew is different right and that's not to say sony doesn't get their licks in like when they do state to play man i have not seen anyone walk out of that and been like that was great and it's cool that they have a platform platform for indies um, but I think because of Nintendo Direct, that changes the conversation because PlayStation's trying to do something similar to something that exists that does use its platform for big reveals. And so when Sony does something and it's only for small reveals, the conversation's very much like, what happened here? If you guys are going to do the same thing, why wouldn't you do it on the same scale? Especially if you have the means and the titles to do so. So I think it's it's generally perspective. Um, I think a lot of people were Pleased with XO19. I, I can't see... I want to say I can't see how you wouldn't be. Everyone has uh, opinions on games. But I feel like that there was something for everybody um, is always good because it's healthy for gaming. It shows that there's expansive ideas. And if you care about the overall industry and you want it to continue to grow, then I don't like the word accessible because that indicates, like, lowering to get the people through the entry barrier. But instead... I I think of it as we're we're casting our net wide and seeing who you can kind of pull in. So personally, I sit on the side of the fence of there will be big announcements. Uh, This is at the end of the year. Xbox already confirmed they're at the Game Awards. So that's another thing that they could be at a place to announce something big at. Um, There's still E3 next year, where I imagine we'll see something like Fable 4. Um, that's a, a really big one that Microsoft's absolutely stuffing in their pocket until the last possible moment to launch alongside the console. Um, and that'll be a big purchasing decision for a lot of people. So um, I think that that's why Microsoft, I think for the situation they're in, they, they played it just right.
1: Also, I don't know.
0: I, I feel that most of the people
1: don't remember that Gears just released, so you can't show new Gears. Halo Infinite's not ready, so you can't show that. Forza just released, so you can't show that. So anybody who was going into this expecting, like, a blockbuster of that scale, which I would consider God of War as well, those Mm -hmm. kind of scale games, were actually not really paying attention. Additionally, the major complaint about Microsoft, yes, has been... um, uh, uh, What do you call it? Big Um, exclusives. Exclusives. However, I don't really... I do think they have big exclusives. This time wasn't great. You know, if they'd shown Infinite, it would have been better for them. Because remembering Halo is one of the biggest industry, like, juggernauts ever. Whether you like it or not, that would have been considered a big one. But I think also when you look at it, they're just offering something different. Nintendo is offering a portable, pretty powerful system with some really good games. Sony's offering exclusives. But remember, sorry guys, but anybody who tries to say, like, exclusives are happening
0: every single week are fucking liars.
1: It can be eight months. It can be a year between huge exclusives.
0: And this year has been time... particularly quiet for Sony exclusives, right? right. And they kind of had just medieval might... and
1: right. And what Microsoft has done is said we want to offer value for the other eleven months. And so, to me, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I get it, but if we just played Gears, so it's like, how, what would you expect? I think what people wanted, and what I would have liked, was for them to show a Fable for... Title, mm-hmm. right, to indicate Fable 4, and it would have been great for an infinite something. I think two of those, I don't think it would have shut everybody up. Some people hate Microsoft, but I think it would have at least, and then maybe one new one, but I don't know what, mm-hmm. we don't know if it's big until it's big, Maddie. Right,
0: you know what I mean. Like, it's usually after don't... the fact. Every, it's always it's... big on a personal level if you're excited about right. it, and then you right. see the other. it's Spider different,
1: that. but yeah, yeah. God of War is different, but I mean, if you look at exclusives, you don't really know they're huge until right. you're much closer. So I don't, I, I don't know. It's yeah. a weird, it's a weird conversation to have.
0: Certainly. Okay, let's keep moving forward. Bleeding Edge gets a release date. Ninja Theory develops Hellblade: Senua's Sacrifice, oh. a excellent, excellent game. It was melee focused. Um, And now they're doing a melee-focused, hero-based multiplayer game. It's scheduled to release next year on March 24th, 2020. This one is so on my motherfucking radar, it's not even funny. I think this game looks... What? You don't like
1: it? No, continue. Uh, So it is on your list?
0: Yeah, I think it looks... I like the idea of it. it. Here's the thing. Number one, a lot of people who listen to this show already know this. I play a lot of Smite. Number two was a yeah. Xbox game that I love that got shut down called Gigantic, which was like a 5v5 yeah. hero multiplayer game. Yeah. Absolutely excellent. I actually have a video dedicated to it on my channel from, I think, 2017, if anyone wants to look it up. Love, love, love that game. Might, be a, might have been 2016. Anyway, really like that game. And so when I saw this, I saw a little bit of both there. I really like what I saw. Um, and I'm, I'm excited for the mm-hmm. game, personally. I But I'm a sucker for hero stuff. I loved Overwatch. Overwatch was my game of the year in 2016. Um, I love these team-based multiplayer games, and I feel like the hero theme sort of drives that team play. Like, I was watching some of the support play and how you could really buff and heal your teammates, which sort of kept you in the fight longer, and um, I was watching someone from IGN play, and they were kind of just going headfirst with uh, Cass, was her name, and they just kept getting rocked. And I like that, that you can't just... Go in there and kind of pound your way like through a, a Call of Duty team deathmatch. Um, I like mm-hmm. that; it requires some teamwork. So it's it's my taste. I I kind of side towards the the third person MOBA side of things, mm-hmm. and Gigantic was kind of that. Not really; they define it more as five v five hero play, and right. Smite certainly is that. So this game's more up my alley. But why did you say no? That's why well, I'm wondering. You,
1: I, okay, I should. <laughs> Do I not know something? This. I just saw the trailer. I did not see what you saw, which sounds good. I will just say that I—that is the only game in the entire thing where I checked it off the interest. I thought Mm. the wheeled character looked fucking horrendous when they were the gameplay when they were rolling and like just.
0: Yeah, there is like a jank. Don't get me wrong.
1: There is. Well, but but you saw more. See, I only saw the trailer, and I'm just so. All I can say is the trailer. I like the animation and I love the fucking corpse score uh fucking snake guy mm-hmm. where the snake is alive and the cor- the body that he's wrapped around is that is great character design but the gameplay I saw in the trailer that looked, to me personally the, that only that trailer only that 15 to 25 second gameplay looked
0: abysmal
1: and it could have just been the way the person was playing Mm -hmm. i'll go and watch the ign stuff because i i didn't even know they covered it ign wasn't even that good
0: at the game that's the thing that's why i was also kind of sold right yeah yeah it showed a full match um i i liked how part of the map they showed had a train running through it and it was constantly active so you had this element on the map that that. team fights would happen on this major flag but you know the train would cut right through and if you got hit you die of course but um, oh, okay. yeah. so it was it was neat in that way too. I love active maps. Uh, another game I should mention yeah. that I like is uh, Battleborn. I, I really like that one yeah. when it first launched. So I like um a lot. for folks who maybe who maybe disagreed. Yeah, that this game's more up my alley because of the taste I have.
1: Well, it sounds like they showed just better gameplay, even mm-hmm. if they didn't know what they were doing. Um, were they the wield character? No, Cass,
0: Cass. I don't. I actually am not oh. familiar with wield.
1: Uh, there's a chick who's got a wheel for her lower body. Okay. And they showed it in the trailer only in the Xbox event, and it just did not look. Hmm. I'll have whatever. to check it out. Cause... Then later they showed a big fatty. Uh, she. Uh, what I mean is her lower part was like chicken legs. Mm-hmm. That shit was creepy. I don't. And I don't know which character that was. She looked weird. She actually creeped me out a little bit. Um. But okay. she moved better. She moved better than the wheeled character. You know, wheeled characters. They have a weird way of moving because they're not
0: feet. Yeah. And so like, so, so like diagonals to... more like. Right. Yeah.
1: That's exact. And it didn't. It, it didn't look like it turned like you or I would with our mm-hmm. feet, where we'd shuffle our feet. It was just like that spin in place, so it looked robotic. Yeah. I guess. I get that. So off to check it that. out. I and active maps are the. Uh, honestly, every game should just have active maps. I so agree. I agree with you there.
0: Yeah. Okay. Next one comes from the Life. Pardon me. Life is Strange dev don't not announced a game called Tell Me Why. Um, We're going to read the blurb from GameStop, GameSpot here. The new narrative-focused title features a playable transgender main character, a rarity in video games, taking place in a small town in Alaska. Tell Me Why follows the true-to-life story of twins Tyler and Allison Ronan as they learn more about their difficult childhood. All chapters are scheduled to release in summer 2020, so it doesn't seem they're taking the episodic approach. Um, This sort of taps into what I was talking about earlier, um where they're casting their net wide. And I think don't not is a great studio to tell a story like yeah. this. I think it's a real, they do emotional stories. Well, they translate emotions. Well, like in life is strange, they sort of deliver that feeling of a, a, a teenager and strife and um, worried about friendships, but also worried about the power she has. Um, and so I, I feel like they could deliver really a, a great story here um, that could maybe open more people's eyes who are a little more closed minded could help people understand um, I think this is an important game and, uh, a lot of people are being really rough on it, which, you know, naturally it's the fucking internet, but I'm glad this game exists and I'm definitely interested in it. What do you think about it? Yeah. I, I, again, I didn't see anybody being rough,
1: which I guess comments. I should just say YouTube comments. Is... Oh, and you mean on the stream
0: yeah, stream YouTube comments, like did mm, like yeah, the I dislike didn't... ratio very, like just immaturity, like people that you oh. wouldn't pay attention to anyway, um, obviously, yeah. it remains to be seen if they tell a good story, a worthwhile yeah, right. story of representing. But um, still, you know, at first look, it's it's good that I they're trying to looked, tell this story.
1: I, I thought it looked good. And when they said all chapters coming, I, I, I don't know what that means. It could mean in like two months they'll do one every week, which I would love. I think a company needs mm-hmm. to do that. I think episodic, that would be amazing, like a TV show yeah. where it's actually exactly. – yeah dude i would fuck like if it was friday thursday night where we mm-hmm. could talk about it every friday so
0: yeah, it's good it to see good them to uh kicking around you know life is strange 2 doesn't seem to be doing that great it doesn't have yeah. a lot of attention and and they announced another game so they could be tailtailing it and just saying like we're going into the ground mm-hmm. here or um they're really trying to, to spark something uh which i hope it's the latter
1: do we know if microsoft is microsoft funding that
0: Ooh, is i'm how, not sure
1: Yeah, because I was wondering, like, is it exclusive first on Mike? Why did Microsoft show it? I guess would be my question. Uh, (laughs) Usually that means first on or exclusive. Um, Hopefully, Microsoft. Maybe maybe Microsoft's. Oh, man. Yeah. Hmm. You know, Game Pass for episodic works too. Yeah, I don't know. It's exciting to me. It looked good. I like those kind of games. So, and don't nod, just because uh, this last one I didn't love doesn't mean I won't give the next one a huge chance. Hmm. I'm a big fan of those guys.
0: Next is a pretty big one as well. Halo Reach is coming to the Halo Master Chief Collection. Currently, the Master Chief Collection includes Halo Combat Evolved Anniversary, Halo 2 Anniversary, Halo 3, 3D ODST, and Halo 4. Starting December 3rd, Halo Reach will be part of that collection as well. It will be available for 4K on PC and Xbox One X. Love me some Halo Reach. You excited about this Mm -hmm. edition?
1: I am not as big of a halo reach fan but um i do like i should say the that story
0: i like the story a lot
1: they it seems like they're fixing um all of the issues with master chief so that's cool to me and it yeah. looked good graphically the the trailer what was spot on mm-hmm. so that actually excited me a lot for it'll be fun to, halo. it'll be
0: fun to pop back to that mm-hmm. yeah so um after this we do have a pretty big game pass announcement which is Yakuza coming to Xbox One. Next year, three Yakuza games are coming to Xbox One via Game Pass. In early 2020, Yakuza 0, Kiwami, and Kiwami 2 will be available for Xbox One via Game Pass. An exact release date was not announced. Huge. Oh my Mm. gosh, huge. That was right when the event
1: started kicking off, was the next three or four announcements that we're going to talk about. It was just like boom, 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 boom. Yakuza is pretty massive for Xbox. Support. Yeah, I mean,
0: here's the thing: is that Xbox needs Japanese support, and uh, apparently, I saw Skill Up write this online. Apparently, the Phil Spencer had said that they're trying to really double down on yeah. getting more Japanese support for Xbox, and I think they really came through with Yakuza as well as a couple of other announcements. Um, that we'll be going through. For some reason, this article is like ending, and there isn't a a page two, so to speak. So I'm going to have to just snag real quickly um, another article. Um, But I do know after this, we did have Kingdom Hearts announced for Xbox. The collection of Kingdom Hearts games is finally heading to Xbox. What do you feel about that?
1: Yeah, no, I think it's cool. Obviously, they're trying to get Japanese support. I don't know if that'll pay off because American companies just have a hard time you know, really catching on mm-hmm. in Japan. Um, but I think those are probably the best games. I just don't know enough about Kingdom Hearts. I couldn't tell you, but it felt to me like the ones they announced were the side Kingdom Hearts games and not the primary games. It was the it that? was
0: the collection. So it was one point five, two point five. Um I don't know if three. I might be wrong. So on that. Are,
1: are those the official
0: one point five collection? is Kingdom Hearts one? Um, Kingdom Hearts. Uh, what was it? Oh, the in-between game.
1: Okay, so it includes the primary. It's the title. package. Yeah, it's Kingdom okay. Hearts one, and then two point five is better.
0: two. Birth by Sleep, Dream Drop Distance. I see. Yeah. Jesus so, Christ, that's yeah, a lot of games. It is a lot of games. So some people may look, oh, it's just one point five, but in that offer, you get package. Yeah, yeah, of a, a lot of games, um, which is great for Xbox. A lot of people have wanted. Um, Kingdom Hearts to, to come to Xbox so I'm thrilled because um, I love Kingdom Hearts despite how flawed it is I think it's it's good and especially great value for Game Pass that's a lot of gameplay um, especially 2.5 2.5 for those who are wondering as someone who's played all the Kingdom Hearts games is my favorite package um, Drake Hollow a game called Drake Hollow is coming to Xbox 1 which looks like a cartoonish 4 player co-op game do you know much about this one
1: I don't know I'm, I'm trying to even remember there, is a the there was a lot of announcements. There was, there was, I'm trying to even remember what that looked like. Um, and I don't remember. So I don't really think I know anything about that one. I'm sure I saw it
0: kind of a similar art style to like, a don't nod game. Um, kind of like what we saw in grounded. Hmm. Anyway, got plenty of other stuff. Launched yeah, in 2004 on PC, KartRider is a massively popular multiplayer racing game that boasts more than 380 million players. KartRider Drift is the Xbox One and PC version for the West and will feature crossplay features and other features. I was not into this one at all, but I guess it's a really big deal.
1: I, I get somewhere. Uh, <laughs> I get the same way. 380 um,
0: million players is no joke.
1: <laughs> it's no joke and the thing is is like they were saying that uh or i was saying during the event too that i feel that kart racers never ever ever no matter how good of a kart racer it is never trailer well kart racers just don't trailer well so they were showing them it's yeah and And it's like does the drift feel good does the track feel good so they Mm -hmm. were trying
0: to show it and do the trailer and i was like i don't care until we get some friends over and we play it makes sense yeah i agree However, there's one game you'll be able to play in April when you get some friends over Carrick, and it's Minecraft Dungeons. It's coming April 2020. Probably the one game I'm excited for. No one else is. Dude, I feel the same way. I was, like, oh, I was okay. really yeah. into it. Yeah, my friend Brian um, is, like, vehemently against it. He's like, what the fuck is this? Like, why does it exist? We're not playing it. I'm like, Brian, we're playing it. Dude, Dude it's
1: it's <laughs> Diablo Minecraft. Like, it's everything. I Personally, I think it'll get more people into Minecraft than any further videos by pewdiepie
0: it just looks fun like diablo minecraft it just looks fun a ton of secrets
1: like uh, all the he even said he wasn't on the trailer when all the cows came up he's like like it's a a lot of it's procedural so they don't know what's gonna what enemies are gonna show up yeah i love it
0: one of the biggest announcements this comes from windows central was some information regarding xcloud With Google Stadia around the corner, Microsoft had to make a splash with Project xCloud game streaming at XO 19 The company did exactly that at the event. It was announced that more than 50 new games from 25 partners are being added to the service. You can now play Devil May Cry 5, Madden NFL 20, and even Tekken 7 on the go. Since Project xCloud launched in October, Microsoft's focus has been on Android phones. However, that's going to change in 2020. The company said next year will bring Project xCloud to Windows 10 and are collaborating with a broad set of partners to make game streaming available on other devices as well. This may include iOS. Um, Given the fact that there are a lot of players on the market now, Microsoft plans to support more Bluetooth devices like Sony's DualShock 4 and accessories from Razer. While Stadia is launching with 12 titles, Microsoft says that over 3,500 games on Xbox One today and 1,900 games currently in development are already working on Project xCloud. Project xCloud will expand to more countries in 2020 like India and Japan. The team will also add game streaming from the cloud to Xbox Game Pass. Lastly, existing games in your Xbox One library will show up on Project xCloud next year. Yeah,
1: that was. I, I thought that was pretty cool. Also, adding it to Game Pass just Dude, adds one more reason to Game Game Pass. It's pretty real. ridiculous.
0: It literally does. It, it's actually. It's insane. I think that sort of stomped the rest of the life out of Google Stadia. Like, that's one of those things where Google's watching, and you think to yourself, "Do they see this and go fuck?" And it's like, absolutely, they had to have seen that and been like, "Ah, oh, shit." You know, that's good competition. Um, and I, I think. Got to tip my cap to to Xbox, man. I mean, because the next step has been the long rumored get the get the X Cloud onto uh, the Nintendo Switch, which I think is yeah. inevitable. And if they're streaming Game Pass, so far the rumors have been true. So uh, this seems to be the next big step for them, and that would give Microsoft another sense of portability outside of phones. Which, whew! and and
1: they. Um especially with, like, the Xbox stuff, they're pretty smart on how they're giving it out. Mm-hmm. It's like, it'll work on current devices. We'll talk about Stadia, right? We have that separate? Yeah, we have that separate. Yeah, because there's some serious problems that were just brought up about Stadia in the last week that we can talk about then. But I think with Xbox, they're doing it right. It's like, our systems will run. Okay. Your game. Like, you can just go and it works. And it yeah. seems to me that we're going to roll it out here when it works and here when it works is a lot better than blah which is what Stadia is doing. Yeah. Now, Stadia's got the money to stick around forever, but um, remember, Google has issues with shutting shit off mm-hmm. and and, and, yeah. and just deciding they don't want to support something. So I, I don't think Microsoft did do that.
0: No, I don't think so. I'd hope not. Um, it was also confirmed that Remnant from the Ashes and The Witcher 3 are going to be added to Game Pass on top of numerous Final Fantasy games, the Yakuza series, and Kingdom Hearts. So a lot of value for all these Xbox services. And that kind of wraps up outside of like a wasteland trailer and a couple of other little things that's pretty much everything that we saw at Microsoft's xO nineteen so overall, I was pleased I, I was interested in most of what they showed,
1: yeah, and I think the big change for me was looking at wasteland's graphic update um Brian Fargo mm-hmm. he had stated in the right but before that that there was a graphical update and then finally seeing it that if anybody goes and looks at the old version of uh what what it looked like versus now it's pretty incredible yeah yeah it's just there was a, a a lot of stuff it was pretty crazy i was Ooh. really happy especially because it's not even an e3 yet
0: yeah i agree so that's the thing e3 i always view as kind of the staple i guess that's yeah. sort of evened out because now i feel like with these random nintendo directs right and random and just anything to play or yeah whatever. anything can sort of happen whenever you, you don't yeah. know when an announcement suddenly gonna happen on a thursday or wednesday so for me, I guess the playing field sort of evened out, but yeah, I was very, I was very pleased. I don't think it's frequent that we, we usually have to wait till, the game awards. Right. Um So, with that, we'll wrap up some of our Xbox related questions for the show, and then we'll continue on to our next topic. Let's start off with Mike Fury, who asks us, uh, what games did we like from XO nineteen? What were our favorites?
1: I would say West of uh, Dead, okay, is Definitely high on my list. Um, Probably, so mine were probably the side ones. Ori was shown for a second, and I just can't wait for Ori. Ori. And then the guitar game was easily my game of the show, just because I'd never seen it. The Escape, Wayward Escape, or Mm -hmm. whatever it was called, where the guy was, it was a platforming game with a guitar player. And uh, that was just phenomenal. I never, that was Hmm like that caught my eye i don't even know what it is i just saw him on a skateboard playing a guitar and a fucking huge boss behind <laughs> it i was like jesus christ that yeah. looks awesome so those
0: were probably mine other than
1: and in the announcements just the number of announcements yeah. that
0: they had i'd say bleeding edge grounded those were the two that really got my attention the most um, I agree the announcements were the most exciting. You can't really put your finger on a game, but just like the support for Game Pass, the support Pass, for Cloud, yeah. to see them really taking the streaming seriously and fighting against competitors and sort of trying to take control of that space. Uh, I think I think they did uh, a really good job. So those would be my favorites. Last question comes from Aunt Jemima for this section. What in the donkey fuck should Microsoft name the next Xbox? Imagine you're on the team responsible for doing it. I would leave it as Scarlett. Yeah, I would too. I think there's a separation there. I think anything like Xbox 2, I think that kind of keeps it in line with Xbox One, which is a good console, but didn't start off strong. It has a bit of a stigma attached to it. I think you have to get a little bit of brand separation there. I think, a, yeah, a separate name. I would agree. I mean,
1: Nintendo doesn't go by numbers. Yeah. So why should anybody? They switch and we. Well, they did do the... Mm-hmm. Well, no, wait a minute. We, was it called Wii 2? What the fuck was the Wii middle U. one with
0: the tablet called Wii U. so i mean they've switched game i remember uh, watching a video that said like that actually hurt nintendo being like the wii u because people were like i already had the wii oh right
1: yeah like what kind
0: of upgrade is it yeah exactly like it was more like a component rather than an actual new console Mm -hmm. so yeah no i I would say leave it as whatever code name it's not going to matter anymore yeah i agree Let's get into an Anthem overhaul. A new information uh, report rather, came in from Jason Schreier over at Kotaku. And it's just about what a lot of us were expecting. So let's get to reading. Recent silence and a couple of high-profile departures from Bioware have led fans and pundits to speculate that the studio has abandoned its most recent game, Anthem. But the opposite is true for the last few months. Bioware and parent company EA have been planning an overhaul of the online shooter. According to three people familiar with those plans, some call it Anthem 2.0 or Anthem Next. Many of the details are still in flux, so that's pretty much saying what's in this article is subject to change, and there's no clear timeline for the Anthem Next project just yet. In fact, from what I've heard, the developers at BioWare haven't even decided how it'll be distributed. They're still figuring out whether updates should be released all at once or over an extended period of time. Anthem could be overhauled through a series of updates a la No Man's Sky. Um, It could get a game-changing expansion like Destiny's critically acclaimed Taken King. Most of Anthem's biggest systems, its uh, mission structure, its loot, its world, will change drastically, but the developers have not yet figured out considering what that will look like. They're even considering releasing Anthem Next as a brand new game, although those who work on the project said that could take a lot of forms and it's unlikely they'll charge full price to Anthem players. The one thing that's for sure is that BioWare has not abandoned Anthem despite recent breathless declarations that the game is dead. Right now, dozens if not hundreds of developers at both uh, BioWare's offices in Austin, Texas and Edmonton, Alberta, Canada are quietly working on plans to overhaul the game. Uh, We spent a few months just just tearing it down and figuring out what needs to change fundamentally said one person on the project, and we've been rebuilding for a few months since. A representative for EA declined to comment on this story. Um, let's see here, and I yep, that's pretty much it. And then it's just a recap of what happened to Anthem. A second person on the project told me yesterday they were still doing lots of testing things out and experimentation, but nothing's concrete. With so much in the air, it's impossible to know what will and won't change but it's safe to say that Anthem won't suddenly transform into a brand new franchise. We still expect to see freelancer mercenaries, shaper artifacts, javelin uh, exosuits, and all of the other core ideas that the game has established. Bioware's plan is to zoom out and overhaul the gameplay systems that most players have agreed don't work. How and when that plan will come to fruition remains to be seen. So, work,
1: works what is for
0: it? me. Yeah, yeah, I'm fine I mean, with it.
1: I heard somebody say. It might have been yours. It might have been mine. It might have been both over time. But somebody was like, oh, they should let it die. And i all, you know what's weird? If you let it die, you'll always be remembered as a company that let it die. Like, that you just will. Mm-hmm. And if you fix it, I think there's a little bit better of a chance of, like, um, nobody's going to love it day one, like, or pretend they loved it day one. But if it turns out to be good, most people return. They return to Rainbow Six Siege and other mm-hmm. titles that haven't started well, Sea of Thieves. So it depends. It sounds like it's all free. Or or it, it might be free or it might be a next game they said or he
0: said in that. No, it's, they said they're gonna try to like wrap it in like they might separately release it, but they said that'll take them they're kind of veering away from that. And I, yeah. I imagine they wouldn't I think that would probably hurt them more to try to resell what the game was supposed exactly. to be. Um I personally don't want them to do it in updates like incrementally. I would rather them one big one, right? Yeah, one big one obviously continue expanding afterwards, but drop most of your big ideas into this game Same. when it's ready. Um, obviously, while maybe, you know, Jason Schreier claims, you know, a lot of people are just saying it's abandoned, it's dead. Uh, the players can say that. There's hardly anyone playing the game. Yeah. And, you know, numbers numbers prove that. Um, it's good Bioware hasn't given up on it and that they're going back to the drawing board. And since that's the case, since they seem to be, stopping all plans for anthem and since the players aren't really engaged my suggestion is take your time with it there is yeah, no no rush you know i think no matter what window you announce this in it will capture attention cuz people will be like wait what anthem 2.0 mm-hmm. or anthem next or anthem redone or whatever i think that's uh, pretty big i think that's pretty big probably smart to do it all in big uh, one big one and just
1: you know you sign in and it's like Update needed, and then it's 2.0, and whatever gameplay choices they made to switch. Because there was a lot of Anthem that could that doesn't need to switch too. Mm -hmm. Like graphically, it was fine. There was gameplay and all that stuff. So like they, it doesn't seem, it doesn't make a lot of sense to do us, you know, incrementally to me. Because I think incremental, you lose the PR push too, Mm -hmm. and the push of fans because they're like, oh, I don't like this update. I like this one. I don't like. But if you just do it all, it's more seen as like a here's a new world or here's the old world. Yeah, I remembered
0: when I played it, the game felt good to play like it controlled. Well, I yeah, enjoyed, yeah, yeah. I enjoyed how I could use the abilities of the various javelins. Um, I did not go into the full game. Don't get me wrong. But um, I, I wonder, you know, can, like since the issues are so deeply baked into the product um, and are they going to do an engine switch? Cause one of the, the most common issues that they tacked onto this game was, Oh, our engine took every forever to do everything. So, what do you do now? You know, they said they stripped it all down, so it seems like they're still working with Frostbite. And and yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't do see them there? doing
1: a different. I don't see them doing a different engine. That'd be crazy talk. But I yeah, I, the problem is, is some of those engine, some of the engine stuff does seem to be the issue too. The loading thing that we saw, which is like you'd get out of a single player mission and it'd load you back, like weird shit would go on. Um, maybe they've just figured out a way around it. I mean it it is possible that they were just like oh we figured a way around a couple of these things because like you said the shooting the three minutes I was playing a mission were fun it was just well and I joke but it was pretty short you'd be playing it you'd be like oh this is pretty cool or whatever and then it'd be like you're done and like a lot of times would pop you back it's just odd stuff
0: yeah I think like there has to be an interconnection between the hub and the the world I think uh, there needs to be a better story from what I've heard I won't speak yeah too much um, and it's it like does. do they redo that or in this new expansion do they just add a whole new story on top of it and then rework some of the missions in the original game to be a little more balanced enjoyable fun? Like, I'm very curious for sure and you and I as huge fans of the older Bioware uh, certainly wouldn't mind seeing them get their act together a little bit even if it's not nope, on an RPG awesome. so yeah I mean even though this game doesn't really speak to me I'm, I'm hopeful for Bioware would love to see them get back on track. More exciting news. This is a crazy ending of the week between um, all the information we have. And you'd think that just a Microsoft show would be enough. But now we have another substantial Mafia 4 leak. Some of you may recall that we talked about Mafia trademarks appearing a couple episodes ago. And now we have a pretty substantial leak. This information comes from segment next um, they are citing a Reddit leaker by the name of The Truth Teller 1985 that claims his sources are ex developers for the project as well as one journalist. While this is a credible lead, this is nothing more than one man's information, so take everything we state below with a grain of salt and let's get right into it. The development journey Mafia 4 has started its initial prototyping as soon as DLC for the third game was over, according to the leak. Back then, Hangar 13 dropped the project to work on a new IP, which unfortunately didn't work out. A small team was working on Mafia 4 in Brighton, coming up with an ambitious prototype that managed to catch the team's attention. And since then, most of the studio is working on it. This doesn't fall far behind from what we've since known only two months ago. Sorry, it wasn't a couple episodes ago. That's like eight episodes ago. Hanger yeah. 13 filed trademarks for Mafia. Now for the story. And don't worry, there's not spoilers, it's just general premise. Uh, Not even names, in fact. The leak suggests that Mafia 4 will be set in Las Vegas in the 70s, and it'll be a straight sequel to Mafia 3. You're back in the Italian mob, this time as a new character, with no words of any old faces making a return, which I personally think is good for the series. Motion capture has started 8 to 9 months ago, so the studio is going the extra mile for needed realism. Last but not least, Hangar 13 won't follow the flashback storytelling where, um, that we were used to, and instead it will adapt a present-day plot. So that was kind of what Mafia 3 did. Made it a little unique, but um, definitely didn't help the game, I guess. Although the ending was yeah. awesome because of it. Uh, Mafia format, in the terms of setting, the Mafia format will be bigger, and it is spanning across a whole decade. In that time, you'll be able to use an empire-building system that will let you buy out, build, and transform buildings into casinos and more. When Carrick and I were going over the show notes, I mean, I geeked at this one. That was that sounds awesome. Yeah, very that cool. Very cool. Mafia Four gameplay. According to the leak, the Mafia engine has been redone and redone, I said redone and remastered to be ready for the fourth game, so that most of the issues that were present in Mafia Three won't be the case with this one. That means the missions won't follow the same dull procedure as before the project is ambitious and that means better and in-depth gameplay which is excellent there was a, a the, the loop for mafia 3 was fun for 10 hours and then you realize right. it was that same loop and you're like fuck mafia 4 release date don't expect mafia 4 to release for this generation of consoles so this is ps4 xbox one if the leak is to be trusted then it will release in 2021 given the back and forth with its team development or its development team It wouldn't surprise us if the project is still very early in its development. Mafia 2 Remaster. Closing up the leak, we find out that there might be a Mafia 2 Remaster in the works. One small uh, insider, um, Hangar 13, set in check, is working on a remaster for Mafia 2 using the Mafia 4 engine. If that's true, then its release won't take as much as the next games, and we might get to play it sometime next year. Summing up, we have Mafia 4 releasing in 2021 with a new protagonist and a much more ambitious gameplay system. Mafia 2 is getting a remaster sometime before that, and both are using a new version of the existing engine, suitable for large-scale projects that can take the franchise to a whole new level. Uh, we remind you one more time that this is only a leak. Even though most of the information seems credible, we should wait and see what Hangar 13 has to announce when the time comes. Okay.
1: I mean, so I just, I just
0: read it all, so yeah, you go crazy, man.
1: Well, I, I mean, the only thing I wonder about is some of the stuff that he that was being written was also like jumps in logic. Like, so it'll be more, exper- more realism because we're working longer. That sounds like a fan writing it versus a, a, like they started eight months ago. That's mm-hmm. usually what somebody would say. They started the, the stuff eight months ago. Somebody wouldn't just add a bunch of, you know, be, that'll that'll cause the facial textures to be more realistic or whatever. That, that Those two aren't really connected. Mm-hmm. I get Um, that. So so some of it seems a little weird. Um, However, it does match up with other stuff we've heard. Some of it does. Um, And it wouldn't surprise me if somebody did just leak something like that. Because Mafia 3 had a bunch of stuff leaked early, too. Also, the one thing I told you prior to the podcast, it was weird. Normally, a leaker who's trying to make a name for themselves will leak something. You know, if they're leaking something fake and it's not real, it'll be for something that's more um, close up, uh, like closer. Because yeah. it, like, gathers them the attention. So when, when that says 2021, that actually did cause me to be like, oh, that's interesting. Plenty of and time I to forget. Just, yeah, and usually it'll be, like, 20, you know, it would be, like, coming out in summer or fall. Because that gets the person who's faking the leak a little bit more, like, clout. I don't know if it's any of it's true, but it all sounds incredibly plausible. Wow. Nothing yeah. about what that, you know, which, that all sounded cool, too. Like, a direct sequel would be cool but in you know a, a place like that in this time setting all of that seems like it would be really enjoyable and that's a dangerous time in Vegas yeah so like you know with a lot of gangs and a lot of organized crime so yeah it I'm would all make sense it, if it,
0: happens. it would make sense and i i would be very interested in, to see it because when they i knew i had a feeling rather that they'd come back with mafia i didn't think if this leak is to be right. trusted that they'd reinvest so heavily Um, Mm. Mafia 3 did, I think, sell pretty well. I just think Hangar 13, um, I think because of development issues, it sort of wasn't enough. It was like a Bioshock Infinite. Bioshock Infinite sold a ton, but... But not enough to recoup. Yeah, exactly. And so I honestly thought, first things first, we'd see Hangar 13 close down um, before anything. So hopefully, now we also hear that the smaller game that they were working on, which was a new IP, got canceled. And so I, th- I feel like Mafia 4 is their last shot, and that's probably why they're doing uh, a Mafia 2 remaster, to sort of recoup some assets um, before they launch this big game, give them a bit of a cushion. So it all adds up, and especially when you see trademarks just a couple of months ago now uh, surfacing, and then you see this leak afterwards. Sequence of events makes sense. Um,
1: you are right about something, though. Have we, I think we only heard one time about layoffs there, or did we hear any times? about Hangar 13. Have we had, Is there, there were, ever there been layoffs, uh, Yeah, there were layoffs, yeah. but the, it never closed. No, it just, there were, um, so to me that does, I mean, obviously they're working on something. Their name hasn't showed up on any other games as a secondary help developer. Have they, has Hangar 13 showed up on any other games by
0: I want to say a yes. I want to say, you want to say, Okay, I want to say yes. I'll, I'll double check while you keep going. Cause that would be, uh, it would be, inter- if, if, They
1: didn't. If they only showed up as like a small helper group, that's one thing. If they showed up as a big one, then they maybe you know this all turns out to be nothing. But um, it does. I mean, they haven't you know quit that company. It's still there, Mm -hmm. so they're obviously working on something. I think Hangar Thirteen did sell well. If I remember, it sold actually pretty well. It just critically didn't do the best. uh,
0: They expanded in May of 2018. So.
1: Yeah, so that's like a lot of that stuff seems to make sense. Also, they had DLC that I was told was actually pretty good for, yes, uh, for I Mafia hear that. 3. I did hear yeah. that. So, you know, I do know that they haven't been working on Mafia 3 since then. So, I, I do have one YouTuber who comes on our podcast sometimes, and he's a huge Mafia 3. Like, that was one of his games he streamed all the time. And, uh, um, it, it, all that doesn't really seem that far fetched. Like, it sort of lines up. On the other hand, that might just be a leak or knowing what lines up and trying to, you know, guess ahead of time, mm-hmm. drum up some excitement.
0: Some more did interesting you find information. A... I, did, I can't actually find anything. Uh, I'll keep looking, but it said in November 2016, a few weeks after Mafia 3 launched, 2K stated that the, uh, about the game sales, that it was the fastest selling game in publishers' history. That's uh, what it was. Yeah, that was a success yeah, to Hangar 13 and the studio's developers were excited to take the narrative and technical lessons they learned and apply them to a new game. What that, Whatever that may be, after Mafia 3, they felt like they could do way better. A year and a half later, however, Hangar 13 is in a far different place. The studio was a... Uh, this past year was a turbulent time for the studio. This was in 2018. As it floundered while trying to figure out what its next game would be, many people... Who helped make Mafia 3 are now gone, including the game's art director, technical director, senior producers, design director, many design leads, and a number of other key staff. Uh, Some voluntarily left. Others were let go or asked to move. Some went to other game companies. Other moved to the top-secret studio next door to work on an unannounced new Bioshock game. I think that's where the Hangar 13 thing I heard was. Some of them had moved over to Bioshock. And I'm pretty sure we
1: talked about that in a podcast, because that sounds like an old announcement, right, that you're reading?
0: Yes, this is a Jason Trier article from April 13th, 2018.
1: I'm pretty sure you and I talked about that during the podcast. Yes. No, we absolutely did. Uh,
0: Hangar 13 went through two different rounds of layoffs over the past year, including one in mid-2017 that went unreported. During the second layoff in February 2018, the company moved some of its staff out of its office in Novato, to locations in the Czech Republic and Brighton, England, offering them new jobs at lower salaries, according to two sources. So yeah, they did go through a bit of a speed bump through all of that. Um, yeah, I can't find anything on them working on other games. Let me type in Hangar 13 Code developer See if anything comes up for that. Maybe maybe Wikipedia. I think
1: um, when you look at it, though, uh, while you're looking, I do think that uh, what they've talked about, the 70s, just all that, that excites me. I like the idea of not being um, a current piece or anything like that. You know, it's not,
0: it does you know, say, which wouldn't even be as fun. It does say that they helped with the Ultra HD update for Borderlands Collection. So Borderlands mm. 2 and Pre-Sequel um, got this update when Borderlands 3 was revealed at PAX. Right. So, yeah. Um and that yeah. wouldn't even be that many people on the staff. No. Definitely not. So it seems like that it seems that story about the the small game not working out would be plausible. Yeah. All right. So Google Stadia, you said you had a lot to say about that in particular. What? You said you had some of the, like the new information that came out over this past mm-hmm. week. Yeah, so they did an so we know pretty much what was happening, but then they did an AMA,
1: which is the ask me anything yeah, on Reddit. Yeah, just keep going. I had to step away for okay. one sec. So, um for people who weren't aware, the AMA sort of turned into a disaster. Basically, um they <laughs> it all kinds of crazy shit happened, like they announced there's no UI whatsoever. You need a phone to actually buy games. So you so if you have if you buy this Founders Edition of Google Stadia and you plug it in, um You won't actually have a UI. You'll need a phone to use their app to buy the games, So, which to me, well, to most people, seems completely backwards. It's very crazy that they're actually doing that. And then in the past, we've been informed that even people who bought the Founders Day Edition, uh, they won't all get it. Um, They're behind. And what's interesting about that is uh, the hardware that's in the Google Chrome that they're sending Two people is actually not different. It's just got like a, from what I understand, it's got like a software adjustment that allows it to be used as this, which also indicates that the Google Chromes people have right now, the the Chromecasts will not actually uh, do Stadia for a while. I think they said 2020 at some point. So you have to buy a Founders Edition, which you don't know if you'll for sure get. They're behind on making them, uh, but at the same time, there's really not anything they are making, which is causing a lot of people to think it's the controller that they were having issues with, uh, issues with manufacture of some kind. So there were some issues there, and then AMA, the AMA came up, and there was just a bunch of really dirty info, and what I mean by that is info that doesn't really match up with uh, past stuff they've said, uh, including like if it'll work on a browser, if it'll have that UI, how you'll be able to buy the games, what you'll be able to get. And it ended up turning sort of not necessarily negative but you know when you do an ama whenever you get these companies that do amas you get an employee that does an ama whatever you have to watch out and you have to be pretty honest because you're doing it live you're not doing it on a video and you're uploading it but you're doing it's almost like a twitch stream people have the ability to interject right away which is sort of what was occurring and especially when you look at the number of titles that they're offering you look at the free titles they're offering which is destiny 2 and you you look at just some of the other stuff they haven't really been incredibly open even on the hardware they've been a little open but a lot of it's just sort of magic talk um i was just telling them that in the ama they announced there's no ui whatsoever for this uh, for google when you buy it you have to use a cell phone to buy a game you can't there's no ui whatsoever and um, And also that they've stated that even if you buy the Founders Edition, they haven't made enough for people. So a lot of people won't even get it. And additionally, when you buy the Founders Edition, you're getting a Chromecast and the controller. Mm -hmm. And the Chromecast you may have at your home is technically the identical Chromecast, but there's a software adjustment on the new ones. So that means people with Chromecasts won't be able to actually do Stadia at all. You have to buy the Founders Edition at first and they said 2020 i think i can't somebody probably knows the the date but the a- i was just telling these guys the ama sucks because it's live so you're answering questions in reddit this is why whenever anybody does an ama it usually turns disastrous if they don't tell the truth which is what happened they were going back on some of the stuff they said and people were like well, you just said this well, now it's you're saying meditated. this yeah yeah and exactly like a video you know mm-hmm. where you can say yeah. oh i didn't have the right Scripted data it or whatever out. And, okay. Yeah, it, it it just and I was telling them that like their free game is destiny. Um, it, it just there's no buddy system. They removed that. They didn't remove it. They said you would be able to get it a couple months ago, day and date. Now they've changed that. So you won't even have the buddy system that they said you were going to get. They removed a couple of features. It just sounds. And this is next week. It is. And I ordered a Founders Edition, and I haven't got it. So I ordered a Founders Edition, like, the moment that thing became available. I can name a million things I would spend that money on. For review. I get it. For
0: review. I get it, Um, yeah.
1: But, no, I would, too. Bro, if I wasn't reviewing, Mm. I wouldn't get a Stadia. See, the thing
0: is, is I I get why you, in particular, would review it. For me and my channel, I'm like, it's... I just look at it, and I'm like, it's so obvious the thing is going to bomb. I don't need to spend money to to tell people that it seems like there's uh,
1: i think the interesting thing is the technology which is the most inner yeah, know, is it gonna sure. work
0: yeah and that and could I, a... I think what's gonna happen is it's gonna be kind of like a maybe an ouya or something where you look at it you mm-hmm. learn and we move on you know i think they also they'll... oh sorry no i was gonna say i think the only reason it has attention is because it's google helming it you know if it was anyone else be like whatever who cares?
1: Yeah, and last week a developer came up on Game of Sutra. Uh, they requested to be anonymous, but they came up and they said every developer they've talked to, even if they're making games, is very worried Google will just cancel it. And that yes. if you go to Game Sutra, you that. can read that article where they're just like, yeah, it's another platform, and yeah, you get money from it because it's not a subscription. So when you buy a game, it'll be a Stadia version of the game. Um, additionally, they did something which I've never seen before, they took one of the n- really unspectacular games of this year and pretended like it was awesome so they could sell a feature, which was Grid. Grid was not a great racer. And they're like, oh, well, our, our version of Grid can do something no other version can do. You can have 40 cars. And you're just like, any PC could do that. Any mm-hmm. system could do it. You just have to turn down the res. Like, what they sold as being special is absolutely not true. Sad. And they also sold it on a racer. It would be like... Me going and getting the, you know, a B title and being like, I added yeah, something. Yeah, Motocross to it. versus it.
0: like ATV and just being like,
1: hey, yeah, exactly. check this out. That's, yeah, we have this. And you're just like, well, that's a weird title to, like, does that, that's, you know, if they did something for Assassin's Creed, that's like, you know, not co op, but I don't know what they could do. But if they were like a, one of the big titles, then I probably, that would be impressive. They have talked yeah. about some awesome ideas in the future. Um, I just don't know but if that's then, we're ready right. for it. That's then, yeah. Our bandwidth is just not. not I, I there. just, it, yeah. It's it's going to be an a, an interesting situation to see, like how, technically,
0: how it works. I'm just and, dying and to see how it sells. I hope there's actual numbers for how it sells. I would I will be so curious.
1: Yeah, because I don't see a lot of people I know getting it, and I know a lot of first time buyers where they buy this biggest best mm-hmm. stuff day one. Yeah, and I I think I'm the only one getting it.
0: Yeah, So it and doesn't have, seem like, to be a hot. a career purpose for it. And, if you and I have a career purpose for it, yeah. So thank you, Carrick, for taking the, the reins on most of that conversation. Yep. Let's move over to the October NPD data, where we have all the game sales, all those game sales, how much money all these pubs are making. Certainly a lot. Off your sweaty... Yeah middle class working yeah. back people. i just... Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> okay. So we're gonna go in the order of ten to one. It starts off with ring fit adventure at number ten. Great game. Been playing that quite a bit. I oh, use it. Right, the health game. Yeah, yeah. I use it um like inner I intermingle it with some other workouts and it's great. I love it a lot. So I'm happy to see it succeeding and, and it would be really cool. I was thinking they could do DLC where they add new workouts. That'd Maybe. be awesome. Yeah. So I do hope to see that. Uh, Borderlands three comes in at number nine. Number eight is FIFA 20. Number seven is WWE 2K20. Number six is Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon. Breakpoint. point. That's a point. Break um, Number five, NBA 2K20. Number four is Madden NFL 20. Number three is Luigi's Mansion 3 which came out on October 31st, so the last day of the month, and it pushed its way right into number three, which is awesome. Number two is The Outer Worlds, and number one is naturally Call of Duty Modern Warfare. So what do you think about that? Interesting top three for sure. Good month. Yeah, I'm
1: actually surprised at Borderlands' low number. You think? I am for some reason. I guess I just, Borderlands 3 came and went, man. I don't know. Maybe people in yeah. the chat will disagree. I, and maybe they're playing it, but I don't hear. I don't see it even ever anybody playing it. I think
0: a lot it. more people shared the experience I had that it was just very, very, very buggy, and the story was not good. And um, the gameplay yeah. is great, which is why I'm a little surprised that I haven't heard more. They just teased the first DLC. It's something with Handsome Jack. Um, oh, okay. You could see like a little That'll leaderboard. Um, so that'll be interesting. I'm, I'm definitely keeping my eye on it. But yeah, man, I, I just. The end game was enticing for a decent amount of time, then something else came out, and I just moved on. And, like, I was ready for a while. Like, dude, that was one of a few games I've played, like, every entry before the final uh, entry came out, so to speak. Like, I played Borderlands pre sequel, one Game of the Year edition. I played two, and Borderlands 3 came out. Like, I was good to go, I was hyped for this game. And uh, it just let me down. So I can't say I'm too shocked. I think people should buy it um, if they if they are into that type of game. I personally wouldn't have recommended it unless it's on a sale. Um, but it also, because you, you used the words came and went, and that's sort of how I expected it to go, because there was such like, a hungry fan base. And at the same time, though, Destiny went free-to-play, right? Around this same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I feel like maybe that could have, you know, do I want to pay 60 bucks or can I get pretty well established experience already with Free Destiny. Could could be yeah, a, a possible thing.
1: I just feel like for some reason Borderlands two was in the top for longer. I could be wrong. Um but then you look at like uh Outer Worlds, that doesn't surprise me because like as we got closer to the release you could tell it was a little like Greedfall where it was just like mm, yeah. and something with it RPGs like... man. Yeah, and when that many people say a game is good, it's pretty rare unless it's a small title for that game not to see that bump in sales. And there were so many high reviews, even though it's not at a high number, it's higher than most people assume of Obsidian game. Because Obsidian has one issue in the past, which was bugs. And every review that I read, my own, was like surprisingly no bugs or surprisingly, you know what I mean. Very and polished, I think yeah. that people who wanted an obsidian game but was were impacted in the past by bugs looked at that and went finally and it just seems like people were buying it i know people who bought two versions like they were they bought the console well, version i'll be buying the switch and they,
0: version so <laughs>
1: yeah in the switch version um yeah I, i'm not really surprised by that one uh it, it just like it, it, it's a good game it's a very high quality game
0: absolutely And uh, speaking of the Outer Worlds, we do have a patron question about that from Kylan521, a brand new patron. Welcome aboard, Kylan. Welcome aboard. He says, uh, I know that you're a big fan of the Switch, Maddie, and you're also loving the Outer Worlds, as am I. With that said, are you planning on getting the Outer Worlds on the Nintendo Switch? Which I did just answer, actually. Uh, I'm not holding my breath for Fallout 3 Game of the Year Edition slash Fallout New Vegas Ultimate Edition port to come to my Switch any longer. I don't think Bethesda will ever do, unfortunately, or do it, unfortunately. And though... And the thought of having—sorry—he—he he has a couple of typos here. Kylan's gonna learn real fast what happens when you have typos on our Patreon question what are you section. Doing? Unbelievable! <laughs> uh, I don't think Bethesda will do on a, do it unfortunately anytime soon. And the thought of having a portable experience of the Outer Worlds just blows my mind. I'm definitely getting a copy for Switch. Keep up the fantastic work, you and Carrick. Well, thank you. We love you. We appreciate you. And yes, I do plan on getting it for the Switch just to. A, support Obsidian. um, B, support the Switch. But C, I am in the same ballpark of... I think it's just awesome to have a game like that on the go. I'll be totally truthful, and a lot of people will be displeased with it. But I... In my third run, second run, I don't remember. I'm playing The Witcher 3 again on the Switch. And uh, it just did not hold my attention. Um, A lot... The Witcher 3 is a very definitive game. But because it was so definitive... I think it almost got hurt by all the games that mimicked it for years afterwards. A lot of elements in the Witcher three were taken and used in separate games. Like horizon zero dawn is one. I think of right away where you're constantly tracking things. A lot of games use the tracking feature that was introduced in the Witcher three to kind of push its questing along and keep you engaged in the world. Um, but it just, a lot of elements for the Witcher felt very familiar. Um, and so, for me personally, it just didn't grab me. Not for a bad reason. Like, this game's not as good. It's still excellent. It's just, um, I, I don't know. It didn't pull me in as much as as the first time did. Uh, I've been, I was enjoying going around kind of being like a, a douchey Geralt and, and like asking everyone for money. Just being true to the Witcher name. Um, but I also think it did come at a time where I was ready to kind of hop in and out because the, the Outer Worlds was about to come out. Um, I was gearing up for covering a couple of other games at the time. So for me, The Witcher 3 was just an RPG I wanted to play, test, talk about a little bit. So there is that factor. But ultimately, The, the Outer Worlds is the type of the, a style of RPG that speaks more to me. So the idea of having that on the Switch, I, I will guarantee I'll play it again. Um, it, the Outer Worlds is just a special game, in my opinion. I really, really like it. Yeah. So yeah, that, I, I, I think I'm just more partial to that type of RPG, as I stated in my review. It's just a type of RPG I really like. I think he's right on saying, "Don't expect to fall out." I think that there's a CPU
1: overhead that they probably have tried to get past, and they just can't on those titles. Um, I feel like it would have already so, happened. Uh, yeah, um, it, or, or it's so much that they've been you know they've been crunching away at it. Also, I would agree on Witcher. Um, I enjoy Vampire more. Mm-hmm. on switch than witcher um and i think outer worlds fits switch better than fallout outer worlds for some reason i love the idea of because uh, it is a more tight game and um i just like the idea of it on the combat's Switch. combat's easier think too because
0: well. of the the first person shooting on switch is a little iffy so having uh simpler combat easier combat it, it is the one partners. of the game's flaws yeah that too it's one right. of the game's flaws because it is so easy um but i think it may benefit the switch in particular yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think it's I think it's awesome. It's coming. What, is that going to be a full price? Do we know?
0: I imagine they're going to be a yeah. I imagine so. The thing that we don't know, which I thought was going to happen at XO nineteen and it didn't, is we were not confirmed any type of DLC for the Outer World yet. I mean, Obsidian's talked about it in previous interviews and whatnot that they want, they have ideas for DLC. Um, but we thought an announcement of some kind would come, like hey, here's a roadmap or, or something along those right. lines. Um and it did not so I think most people's eyes are set on uh, the Game Awards but more importantly is we don't know if let's say they are charging sixty bucks for the Switch version if that will squeeze in some DLC before then because presumably based off an earnings call with Take Two it's coming before March twenty twenty or the or DLC like March thirty first twenty twenty I should say no the 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 Switch version so oh, I imagine yeah. they're gonna want to have some DLC squeezed in there beforehand for added value and more enticement to purchase it. The and idea of think getting more for your dollar. Do you think maybe it'll
1: be something like not what we think but maybe like a small satellite uh you know quest and maybe like some weapons? Or do you think Yeah, I mean... mean
0: I had a lot of ideas I pitched in a video. Um one of them was just more science weapons. I think that's kind of a shoe in. Mm-hmm. I think they'll just do a science weapon package. Um I said that because the outer worlds is such a tight game. It's hard to kind of imagine it but there are some areas like for example um Scylla Scylla could use some quests i could use some filling out and so i'd be really interested to see them add more quests into the world like byzantium had some really great quests but maybe add a couple there um yeah. because what happens is and and i love how the game flows because it doesn't overwhelm you but edgewater great introduction don't change that monarch i think great as is Lots of quests, lots of content there. It actually almost overwhelms you at that point in the game. And then it sort of settles down. And then the, the ending part, sort of you kind of coast through everything. Everything's like, you know, a couple of quests here and there yeah. for certain aspects of the game. Um, I think what would also help, though, is if they brought you to a new planet and added quests there. And, and the reason I say that is because a lot of the companion quests follow the same track. Like, we're going to start in Edgewater. Uh, we're going to go to Monarch. And then we're going to go to this planet. It follows the same path in the main story. And it would be nice to truly feel like there's a divergence and go off to a separate place. That's no Mm. companion involvement. It's just new location, new quest to explore. I think that would be kind of interesting. It's just my two cents, though.
1: I would like them to uh, reuse or make more places like the Asteroid. Uh, What's the location called? The Asteroid. is Okay um i like that place and i think that uh the uh, otherworldliness of that location mm-hmm. would would pay off with some quests in it for sure you could Hi, also right. do something crazy like have an npc come on the ship who gives you jobs and you go to different I, the reason mm-hmm. why i brought up the space station was because i personally believe creating assets for a planet's hard but a space yeah. station maybe not so much and so it'd be or Good imagine point. like maybe a headhunter who lives with you who's like you know, go to Byzantium and kill this guy. Go here. You know, almost like the ha- – uh, what were they called in Skyrim? The – what are the assassins? Oh, Dark, Dark Brotherhood. Uh, yeah, almost like that or something, like a new mercenary contract. That'd be or cool. It's like, hey, you're high enough level. You know, I want to send you on some stuff. Uh, it just all depends. I don't think it'll be a full thing, though. I think a lot of people might expect a full, like, new – a place as big as, like, some of their new planets. I don't know if it'll be that big. It'd be awesome, though. It'd be awesome. yeah we didn't hear anything i didn't even think about that
0: yeah i i and the (laughs) thing is is i thought it would be a good time to announce it because it is still fresh in people's heads yeah and so i think with how quickly games sort of you move on to the next thing granted it's at the part of the year where probably the next thing people are moving on to is jedi fallen order and that might be it uh kingdoms under fire 2 does look interesting um i'm certainly trying to play that i had a request for a code coming to my inbox so i did submit for that because i thought that was in my wheelhouse, but point being is that they are in a particular part of the year where um, there's very little things for your attention to go off of the outer worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So maybe they're trying to lean on that a little bit. Obviously, we don't want them a Russian announcement, but I feel like that that I guess that time window for them to get something out by would be that switch release. I doubt they'd yeah. be like hey, here's the Switch version, and we got more DLC afterwards. I mean, it could work. It could happen. There's no reason why it shouldn't. It's just, for me, I feel that's kind of the end of the Outer Worlds timeline. Like, okay, we have a second soft launch here that kind of reinvigorates the fan base. Maybe synchronize it with some DLC that's like a part of a free update and just kind of say, okay, we're done supporting the game now. Because by then, I'm sure it'll be patched of anything that still needs patching. Um, So all that's left is additional content. Right. Yeah, it's I I think I think overall, um, <clears throat> maybe Game Awards show. Yeah, because it was announced there last year. I think it would make sense to show DLC or a roadmap or something like that at that point. I think at that point it would be well overdue to be honest. December, actually, I shouldn't say that. December, early December, and games launching or launched rather in October 25th so yeah I, m- I might be a little hasty I have to remember too I, I beat this game not that I didn't when I always ask for it but when was, as I'm talking now I forgot I did beat this game far before people even had their hands on it so right. you know I've been ready for more for a little bit longer than others I'm sure some a lot of people are just wrapping up the game all right so let's get into the rest of our patron questions you people make this show possible. I didn't really pitch it at the beginning of the show because we wanted to make sure we got the corrections in there. But if you do want to support the show, we do have a Discord where you can submit your questions um, in there. I always tag you guys right before we record the show. Not right before, about a couple hours before we record the show. Let you know the news topics, and then you can submit topical questions or just questions of your own. We'll start off with Natural Calamity. He always gets his first question in every time. Which yeah. game you personally looked at as an underdog? or soon-to-be flop, but highly past your expectations and blew the competition. You know, I'm going to be Seage. honest. Siege? Oh, that's a good one. I'm going to be honest, though. Before, Because of the way PR was being handled, I didn't think it would be a flop, but I viewed it as an underdog going in and sort of like, okay, there will be a certain amount of people that like it, but it turned out a lot of people liked it, as evident by the NPD data, but uh, the Outer Worlds. I really didn't think that many people would be feeling that same desire for I guess a Fallout New Vegas Fallout 3 level experience as I was and I was very happy to see a lot of people were just as thrilled I was really really happy with that um, but yeah personally yeah, I,
1: I, I, oh sorry no I was just going to say I, I
0: remember reading articles of Obsidian saying like it's not a AAA game uh, dim your expectations we want to make sure we're managing expectations like control your hype we, we're not doing an open world game like everything they did was to like Control lower diminish. Mm -hmm. And for me personally, it didn't really diminish me because I like a lot of what they were saying to diminish, they're like, it's not open world. It's more like Kotar 2. I'm like, fuck me, okay. You know, but I didn't think that would resonate with so many people like it did. So that's where I said for me, I would agree with that, but I would
1: say, strangely enough, seeing Star Wars and Mm -hmm. the reviews, I'm pretty Mm -hmm. blown away by how high the reviews are. Um I thought it'd be a little lower. I agree. I thought it'd be a little lower, and what I, because I, I, I'm done with it, and I thought it was good, but it was, there were some definite issues that um, I thought, especially looking at other games where mm-hmm. they've scored, I was a little questioning on, like, why did this game score from the same reviewer at the same place? This, there was some context that seemed missing. Um, so that one actually surprised me, because, dude, when I started seeing the reviews, the first ones, of course, that are good pop up first, and there was like nines and 9.5s out of 10, and I was like, damn. Especially yeah. with Death Stranding getting a nine or nine point five, I did. You know how sometimes you'll get companies that almost like subconsciously you feel like, well, we rated this last game really good. Let's make sh- let's a balance. Like, let's really yeah. get this one right. And I guess I I guess I was sort of expecting that, and it didn't happen, it's done insane I mean well, so. i
0: I understand the sort of catching yourself like during the fall or whenever review season gets a little rapid and i I find myself recommending multiple games in a row. you do have that brief moment of like, oh do people think I'm just gonna recommend everything, but then I just take a step back and I'm like, this I mean hey, is there something wrong with thinking that many games in a row are good? I think that's a great thing, but at the same time i I do understand why a company would take a step back and be like, oh we're suggesting and a lot I felt of games it's here.
1: actually happened though matty
0: mm-hmm.
1: i honestly with big companies i've actually felt it's happened too like yeah, the timing just, yeah there's been a couple times where i've seen a game and seen a review that seemed weird and the next one seemed like it was like almost an average we rated this one a seven or a nine this one's probably a seven or this one's probably an eight but we'll give it a seven so that we sort of seem even and yeah. of course that's just me looking from the outside people do it to me it's not true it's also separate reviewers look so that way. there
0: mm-hmm. would have to be like a dialogue there that would probably be very well, strange I'm, ta-
1: I'm specifically talking about same reviewers because I agree with
0: mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. I, I
1: absolutely see what you're saying you can't be like well Joe Bob gave it this and Maddie gave it this that doesn't make any sense yeah Um yeah that one In Outer Worlds dude it's PR I'm sorry oh Control's another one with weird PR Um <sighs> god dude what a disaster behind this. man people don't realize it it was a fucking night both of those games were nightmares behind the scenes mm-hmm. like they did seem like something was being hidden
0: Yeah, for sure I and remember a, a uh, article came out for the Outer Worlds I forgot about this one about how like tired that Obsidian developers were and that like in the middle of one interview like one of the guys just like straight up walked out like he just like was like I can't do anymore I, I, I think it was that at too. PAX East I want to say like he just he just walked out. He was like I can't can't do this. And I was you, just w-
1: uh, was he tired of answering the same questions or was he just I tired? don't know
0: what I think he was apparently what she wrote was she was like she, I think she said like I wasn't offended like I totally understand she was just like I think these guys are very tired and they're working very hard and they're feeling a lot of the pressure and it was more so a piece about that about like the humanization of game development which I think is really important but I remember that too and being like oh boy you know they're they're mm-hmm. fucking grinding away. <laughs> Yeah. Yodeling Lama asks us, with all of the negative press Bethesda Game Studios and Zenimax have been getting concerning Fallout seventy six, do you think Starfield is being rushed right now in order to get a new product into the hands of consumers? Do you think once Starfield comes out, that Fallout seventy six support will be terminated? Hmm. No, and no. Yeah, I was going to say. I, I really, for the first part at least, I, I fucking hope not. I really hope they're not like, get it out, get out, get out, get out. Like, oh, God, please don't do that. <laughs> yeah, get, can you believe that they did
1: that? Especially because it's them. They don't need to do it. There's nothing that indicates that they financially need to do that.
0: Yeah, that's, big, that's the big issue with Fallout first is that Bethesda could have easily ate a at sunk cost and said, look, we're releasing nothing in this holiday period. Wolfenstein Youngblood did not do that well. We're just gonna eat it, and then next year we'll launch Wastelanders. We'll we'll launch Fallout First Two alongside each other to sort of counter it, and then we'll do Starfield later on. You know, I I just think that would have been the more brainy play, and uh, I think now that they're kind of stuck in a corner, they have no choice but to try to earn uh, consumer uh, love back. I'm not, I'm not yeah. using the right word, but uh, you know what I'm trying to say. And so, personally, I I think yeah. Once Starfield gets out, I don't think 76 is going to be terminated. The idea of 76 is this. I've told people this time and time again. It's the same thing as Elder Scrolls Online. There wasn't going to be a new Elder Scrolls game for a very long time. So they did ESO in in preparation for an Elder Scrolls um, franchise going dormant essentially outside of that game. You know, you still have Legends. um, You still had Special Edition. But Elder Scrolls Online was the continuous, like, year in, year out, every E3, yeah. you were going to see a new huge expansion announcement, and it is going to be a very popular part of Tamriel. And it is a great game. It worked out well. The same cannot be said right now, of course, for 76, which is why I don't think it'll be terminated, because I think Wastelanders, despite all Bethesda did, Wastelanders still does stand a chance to help bring a lot of players mm-hmm. into, the, into the fold. But what do you think?
1: No, I agree. I don't think they'll... It doesn't feel to me like there's any plan of uh, rushing Starfield and certainly doesn't feel like there's any plan of getting rid of uh, Fallout 76. Um, Mm -hmm. Because it is already made, so you can still shuttle off a good number of people and still be working heavily on a game because it's created. So they're adding to it, which does not require a huge number of people compared to when you're creating something from the ground up. So to me... They could still plug a bunch of stuff in, add you know gameplay. They, I think they are looking for a hook though, for seventy six. And I don't know if uh, Wastelanders is it, but it feels like they are. Just like Tamrail Unlimited, no, uh, Tamrail. Yeah, Tamrail Unlimited. Yeah, Tamrail Unlimited was? was the one where
0: you're talking about where they like relaunched Elder Scrolls Online. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah it, was, it was it was Anthem 2.0. You know, like it really what they was, to do? and it came it, within it, a year. Yeah, and it and it came within a year, and it changed a lot of people. Even though I liked the original game, it did change a bunch of stuff, fix a bunch of stuff, and it feels like they're still trying to figure out how to do that with seventy six. I don't necessarily think they can't either. Damn they it. can't. It, I just don't know if wastelanders is that. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't seem as big enough i guess would be the term i don't know it doesn't seem
0: yeah i mean i think a lot of us underestimate how big wastelanders can be from what i've heard it is like a whole map overhaul essentially like it's not just like here's this pocket of wastelanders what i heard was like it's coding the whole map like they're adding things everywhere which is why i think the delay was good when i heard that but at the same time we'll see if that remains to be true when it launches yeah if that that turns out to be true then that's
1: that's awesome like that 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 could turn it around Mm -hmm. because people would feel like oh now it's a word now it is a fallout game because it does not feel i don't know what it feels like but and i only did an hour and i was already like i don't like it it doesn't feel like i don't need to experience more um
0: i could tell i don't know you want to hear something funny is i could tell when i walked out of the vault i was like something's different here because when you walk out there wasn't this set vista to, like, right. oversee the world. It was it was not, like, this artistic display. And when you walked down a stair set and the first thing you find is, like, a fucking beat-up shack, it just seemed like the world design was off. And right. that, like, didn't ring true for a BGS game for me. It's just something felt weird. I mean, look back at Oblivion. Remember when
1: you came out of the prison? And yeah. And you see the world in front of you and Skyrim. All of those places. when you, In Skyrim, when you come out of the first cave and it's, like, you're on the top and looking down and it's this huge area they they yeah. usually nail that and they fall out the three
0: yeah like even Skyrim yeah. even though you open to a path you could like it was almost like you were but seeing it's like the huge, light it's on the edge like, of a mountain yeah so exactly I mean, you but it was also like know. as if you were peering through like a crack of light in a tunnel and you were just walking through and as you hit that bend you see like the river and you see like yeah. all this insane scenery I just yeah man it, they they nail the opening every time and 76 was like You just knew something was off. Vault Guy 101, or Vault 101 Guy, sorry, has a question. Any thoughts on what might be announced at the Game Awards in December? Also, I watched another podcast called The Pretty Good Gaming Podcast, and they gave a shout-out to Carrick for his amazing no-bullshit reviews. Just wanted to let you know, we the people are thankful. That's good. Yeah, I don't know who that is.
1: Oh, no, I do know. I'm sorry, I do know i, I get, admittedly that was not to be a jerk i just no, don't I know. get a chance I, I just to listen because you were very and honest there's like <laughs> there's like 10 pretty good or kind of good and i was thinking it was the kind so yeah, of funny i saw yeah kind of funny what's good yeah i know what you're talking yeah, about Yeah, there yep. is too if you go look like it's hard to parse that no that's awesome mm-hmm. um what was his question
0: um any thoughts on what might be announced at the game Awards in december Phil Spencer did an interview
1: after the Xbox event and said that there is a very high chance of seeing two Scarlet games. So, mm-hmm. what that means, I don't know. But he he hedged. He said he said they'll be there. Then he hedged and said, possibly. I'm assuming that just means if they're ready. I would say Watchdogs, Legions, um, possibly to keep people up on Watchdogs. Um, hmm. What I I think that we're definitely going to get some announcements we've never seen i think, so War, I think warner it. brothers
0: i think warner brothers will step in and finally reveal. yeah whether it's the new dude. batman game or that harry potter game that that leaked it's it's gotta be one of those two i i'm sorry mm. i know i always reroute to those same guesses but it's like it's fucking deal like
1: <laughs> what if it's both
0: yeah, oh god that'd, that'd be insane that jeff keely would get a handshake for me
1: oh dude yeah high five to jeff if it was like <laughs> Harry Potter, and you're like, oh, finally, and then it's like Batman, Arkham, whatever, mm-hmm. Legacy, whatever. I, I'd just be like, this is the shit. You yeah. Know, if, if it turns out good. Uh, that's true. Yeah. Harry Potter, we need to – I don't know what's going on with that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't
0: even know if I'm interested. I just, I just want to see <laughs> whatever yeah. the fuck it is officially.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There, that's good. Um, Who's been quiet? Who's been like Corey Balrog or Bow? Bal-
0: yeah, you had it right the first time. Bell Rock. Did you know I
1: get it right? Yeah. Um, that was that's also the name of the creature in Lord of the Rings, right? Um, he, his Twitter, he said something like engage or disengage. And oh, hasn't posted y- since. yeah. So I was like, does that, and I talked to him Forgot recently on Twitter that. to try to get him to do an interview. And he said something along the lines of um well i don't want to say what it, you know but he, he indicated that they might go quiet for a while because they're you know once they get back into developing they don't do a lot of interviews um makes sense so i was putting all those together thinking does that mean close because when he said disengaged that mean like oh we're getting ready for something or does that mean more along the lines of going well, quiet I got for your one. next one i don't know
0: i got one uh i'll say maybe someone said overdrive on ps4 just like a... they own the ip right yeah yeah, uh, uh, Insomniac does. So I think maybe, like Sony, may not have a huge presence, but that might be like a cool Sony announcement. That's like kind of a, it's not like they're making a whole new game; they're just switching consoles, and I think that's big enough for something something like that. That could be cool. Yeah,
1: because they, other than their VR game, which got amazing reviews last week, um, it's just been Spider Man, right? It was Spider Man. It was the DLC.
0: It was this VR game. And that's they did. It. They did medieval, Death Stranding, that was a big launch for them. Wait, uh,
1: Insomniac worked. Oh, oh, sorry,
0: they... I thought you were talking about Sony as a whole. Sorry, I apologize. No, no I apologize. No, I they haven't. About it they haven't done much since Spider Man. Okay, gotcha. I didn't know about yeah, their VR could...
1: game though. Yeah, it got dude. It, it really got good reviews as a full like a almost full game. Um, good stuff. Yeah, I could see them. i I mean and that's a port so you know might not require the entire team that'd be Hmm. a cool little thing to show
0: just a guess aunt jemima asked us two questions number one do you think that heavy gaming negatively affects the mental health of the average person and number two also do you think that typical video game is legitimately addictive due to the dopamine rush and etc aside from microtransactions I ask because while I love video games, I often wonder if there is a casual correlation between video games and other forms of heavy media consumption and depression. See, I—I'll start off just by saying, like, I feel like it depends how you enter gaming. Like, do you think heavy gaming ne- negatively affects the mental health of the average person? And I—I view it in two lights. Number one is I'm a big believer that not you are what you consume. But if you watch, like, a lot of dark shit, like, a lot of dark movies, like, you're watching, like, cop shows and you're watching, like, or you're playing, like, dark games and you're watching dark anime and you're reading a dark book, like, you're going to feel darker, right? Like, that's why I always say I have, like, palate cleanser games. Like, I don't breeze through games unless it's for a review, um, where I usually pace myself a little bit. Like, I'll play a couple hours, then I'll go on Smite maybe and kind of, like, wipe the palate clean so the next time I play it feels fresh. So I, I feel like it depends how you enter that space. And when it comes to heavy gameplay, it's like, why are you playing right? If it becomes every time your life is tough or you get sad that you do hop to video games and those video games don't make you, I guess, feel better. And you're just kind of like whittling away and not addressing the problem head on. I wouldn't say that they're connected, but there could be a correlation to why, you know, if you're choosing not to address an issue, but instead play a game um, a, a connection to depression. I don't think I, I don't get that. I very rarely get that. I put this in quotes because Aunt Jemima said it, that dopamine rush from games. I, I don't know. Maybe because I play them so much, it takes a lot, you know, for me, it's like a, a dynamic mo- moment in multiplayer or, um, it's a, wow, I've never seen that before. Or it's the excitement of like first un- unpackaging it, um, or like a big story revelation. And as someone who plays a lot, you know, it, like, my standards are a little, not saying that others aren't, but, like, my standards have been raised a lot, so it takes a lot to get that reaction out of me, personally. Yeah,
1: I, um, I'm um, i not a firm believer in a lot of the bullshit that we talk about anyway with dopamine, especially when people don't realize that um, the amount of dopamine you get on seeing a dog and petting a dog is quite high. So yeah. a lot of people pretend dopamine's the one and only thing, especially somebody trying to prove something wrong to you. They'll always be like, oh, the dopamine. Uh, they don't understand how the human body works. It's only for their study that they want to prove to you. So if you look at the way a human body works, you might get dopamine. I get dopamine from Friday podcasts. That's a good example. Hmm. Um, if I did Friday podcasts all the time, would that suddenly be uh, a, a bad addiction? So the thing about a bad addiction also is what's heavy even mean? Heavy what does it mean? And what is healthy for some people and not healthy for others? For example, some people are introverts. So to them, I might say, I need to get out. To an introvert, that is completely the wrong fucking thing you want to say. Because that person, socially, dynamically, everything exists in a different sphere than I do. Mm-hmm. So they don't need to get out. Maybe they need to do something else or what have you. So, I, 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 no. I mean, when it comes to games, man, I, I think... Dude, it's it's like everything. If it goes too far and you have un- – like if you're sitting for too long. You and I have talked about that. Oh, yeah. Like sitting for too long can actually kill you. Like that's pretty much been scientifically proven, that if you sit for too long, everything goes to shit in your body. Um, so if you're playing games and sitting too long, I would say that maybe you're affecting your health in that way. But I don't really necessarily believe a normal – like – that everybody can just be an even keel and you can say everybody reacts the same. You react differently than I do. You play, you know, different uh, amounts of games. And I would agree with you that I don't get that way from a game. I get it from a moment in a game. Mm -hmm. So, like, God God of War, I didn't... When I got it, I wasn't like, oh, my God, like some gamers. Instead, it was when I was playing, something cool happened. And I I don't 100% see that as even a way to get a, like an addiction. It's a very odd way of uh, I I think everybody's got us into so many studies, discussions of studies and pretending it's one chemical and it's one reaction. I mean, I don't know if you've seen it but there's a study that does show dopamine levels from normal day-to-day activities and it's pretty crazy hmm. how much it goes up from like no lie, opening your back door into a backyard you enjoy is like the same dopamine as petting a dog, which is like the same as a major race victory. Like, it's crazy. Hmm. It's just that that dopamine does not also contain an adrenal rush. So they'll separate it to try to prove whatever negative
0: thing they're trying to prove. Makes sense. Makes yeah it's, it's a it's it, i would just say it's a i really think the com- the dopamine rush he's talking about is the one with the adrenal in it where you're like you feel like the buzz and you're like oh sh-, like i'm wired do, up now do you
1: get that anymore it doesn't sound i don't really
0: no i i mean like there are definitely moments right like where i'll i wouldn't even call it an adrenal rush it's more like a like you know you feel like, like oh sh-, yeah time. yeah i think yeah. it's a perfect word for it yeah but i definitely don't get that anymore. Um usually the announcement of something like if they did a coach yeah. three or or True. they like took the dragon ball card game that i play all the time and they're like we're doing a digital version like yeah dopamine rush like i'm like oh shit let's go but um yeah i don't know i i feel like part of and we have maybe a different look on things because part of me and you we do a lot of discussions and for us to actually engage in the discussion we sort of need to go from up here to like yeah. you know, medium and just like have the excitement, show that we're excited, but be able to talk and and uh, and explain why Maybe we're excited. Maybe mute it
1: down a little bit. Yeah,
0: and so I think just our bodies are wired that way. So for me, even with a game, um, I've seen friends go like, "Whoa, this big Call of Duty explosion set piece," and I'm just kind of sitting there like, "Okay, like you know." So I I just I think it's also different tastes as well. Well, like I was teasing your last guest. Yeah.
1: I I legitimately tweeted I didn't know who she was before she came on and mm-hmm. a couple weeks prior I was like what the fuck is this like mm-hmm. nobody react this has to be fake, yeah. um, whether it was or not or or it's just people let it get to him I think also once after a couple years dep- he didn't say how old he was, but I do think after a couple years when you see other things in life as long as you have good life experiences you'll realize that like it's a game. It's a game. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. I don't even... I was trying not to say that because it sounds so derogatory towards somebody being excited about something. But true, there's a lot of shit in life.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I don't think it's wrong to say, though, because certainly that's how I, I even it out. And until you said it right there, I was always like, man, am I like, not... I want to say not into games. I love games to death. I know that. But I'm saying, like, am I viewing it from the wrong angle? But yeah, it's just like, you know, this moment in a game is exciting. But, hey, that, like, thing I experienced in real life, I went hiking or whatever. Oh, wow, wasn't that great? You know, so, yeah, I get what you're saying.
1: Ben you might have, Oh, Oh, sorry. No, go on. I was going to say maybe it's also because, um, you know, have you ever heard that? Well, I'm sure you have, but the saying where they say the journey is, like, more, more interesting or more exciting than the destination. Yes. And maybe it's, like, when I think of a trip with my friends, I have that excitement and then a very low ebb but still very enjoyable excitement when I'm there. Yeah. And we're having fun Yeah, games. I get that excitement and I look forward to it. And then I purposely, I'm like, okay, whatever. And then I get to it and I have that low ebb and then bumps when we do. Cool and that up. actually,
0: it's funny. You mentioned that that does carry into my real life. Cause like when my girlfriend and I were going to uh, universal studios, she was like every day, like, Oh my God, I'm so excited. Oh my God, I'm so excited. And for me, like you, like kind of with the games, like I hit an off switch. Cause I'm like, I don't want to be excited or, have expectations until i'm there and i'm in it
1: yeah and just experience it
0: yeah and she she was like are you like not excited for our trip or something like that and i'm like i am but and i had to explain to her She was like that's kind of weird and when i was in florida i was like i was jazzed i was enjoying myself a lot so yeah it's it I'm, I'm the same way with some situations in real life i don't like to build expectations prior to a big thing happening i'd rather just go into it with nothing and just let it hit me for better or for worse I find my excitement much higher when I do that, when I'm during it. Yeah. I, I, I think it's the best way the to experience it.
1: event more if I don't pump it at the start. Because you, have you ever got fatigue also? like I've Yeah, you get there and you're trip. exhausted. You dude, Yeah, I had a big camping <laughs> trip one time, and I'm like, we're going to go fucking camping. And we went there, and I'm like in the tent, you know, fucking almost comatose because it, it was so much prior yep. to going. Yep. And, I've but, been
0: you know, there. That, yep. 100%, <laughs> and... man. I thought, man, we're, we're more alike than we think
1: yeah yeah for
0: sure ben jam asks us what's something that you messed up big time and thought you would get into loads of trouble but everyone was cool about it in the end oh i got one i got one all right i was young so it's partially why used to play a lot of runescape one of my favorite games growing up and uh i was not familiar with the concept of grinding a video game and you know getting my skills up And I thought that what the best way to do would be to pay for people to go onto my account and do training (laughs) for me. Right. So uh, I find dad's credit card. I go on a website (laughs) and I spend like $500 on like a new account with like full stats. You're
1: that guy. Yeah. You're that guy.
0: Full stats and uh, new items and all this shit. And uh, I remember my dad coming to my room you know, just seeing a $500 charge on his account, he's like, what the fuck is this? He's like, not to me, but he was like, you know, whoever did this, you know, they're, they're in big trouble. They're going to jail. And like, he didn't know it was me at the time. So he walks away and I start crying in my room. I'm just like, I'm like, oh, I'm so fucked. Like, you know, my dad's going to send me to jail because <laughs> once again, I'm in like fourth, fifth grade at this point. So I don't right. know. And uh, yeah, when I told him the truth, I was like, it was me. It was me. You know, he, he was like, all right, look, like I get what you were trying to do. You got to ask permission to use a credit card. You can't just take it. Um, oh. You can't just spend money; it's not yours. You know, like it turned into a lesson. But I definitely thought I was gonna like lose my Runescape privileges. I thought I was gonna like not be able to play games. I wouldn't get allowance. I like I thought like you know my parents would hate me. So yeah, definitely he handled de- he de- handled it really well. Absolutely, this type of guy I mean I That's a kudo to him.
1: Like yeah. that he handled it that well because a lot of parents. I'm not saying they beat you, but you know. you you, you'd be it it, usually uh, screamed at yeah the response is over the top because it's it's a big deal and they want to prove a point mine is um homicidal for sure but it's it is something i'll remember for the rest of my life it was like fourth or fifth grade just like and yes this is going to sound homicidal but i was fourth i was fourth and fifth graders don't know like results of things but (laughs) I love Christmas and I was bringing toys from Christmas uh to school cuz you mm-hmm. had like show and tell. And I had a thing, I don't know if you saw these cuz they're they're pretty old, but you had these two joysticks and it's an arm and you can like pick things up. It was sort of like a Radio Shack toy <laughs> yeah. and you could yeah, like do science. Nothing, my parents probably spent 80, 90 bucks. And and a guy named Craig, so Craig if you're out there fuck you, but Craig <laughs> went around and he went to everybody's toys and broke them. <laughs> Pieces of and, shit. I hope, I hope yeah, Craig's so, kicking fucking cans on the side of the street now. I think I I think I scared Craig straight because the next day uh, I lived out in the woods, didn't have a lot to do, so we used to make ninja stars out of razor blades, which is you take two, exa- oh, you take two exacto knives, you put them back to back, you super glue them, and then you duct tape them. And they fly really well oh, in the razor blades, so they're God. sticking in anything. And I took them to school. Oh, God, okay. And he came out of a doorway, and I had I was very good at throwing these things, and he came out of a doorway, and I fucking hucked it at him. Now, it's been years. I can't tell you if i meant to hit him or not. I didn't, but it's stuck in the wall. And um, he saw it. He pissed his pants. He went and told my mom's best friend, who was our principal.
0: Right.
1: So I'm in school, and I know. I'm just waiting for the, you know, what, Jeremy show up at the mm-hmm. fucking principal? And, yeah. and it does come Wait over. For the phone call. Yeah, and I go in and I lied. I was four year. I was in 4th grade. Kids lie. And I was like, "Nah, I didn't mean I just meant to scare him blah blah blah." But um I thought I was dead. Like I I thought my dad, I felt bad cuz at the time I was in martial arts and I thought my sensei'd be like, "You're out." I thought my parents would be like, "We you're not coming home." Like I didn't know cuz that was the first big stupid thing I'd done. Right. And it was pretty that's if you look at it now, even now I look back at it, I'm like, "Kids do some crazy shit." Like and I had you could have really hurt him. I could (laughs) have really hurt him, and I was very vengeful when I was a kid. Like I was like, "Don't wrong me, I'll fucking." And and so, I thought I was in deep shit. I like legit thought they weren't gonna take me home. I thought my parents were gonna be like. And I remember my mom was you know disappointed, obviously. And I got I got suspended, but um, yeah, that was one of those ones where like you don't know how much trouble you're in, and you think like it's the end of the world. And I don't I don't remember crying even when I was a kid, but I remember like. Moping in the bus stop because she made me ride the bus home and not knowing if she would like the house. Like, I, this is, sounds weird, but I didn't know if the house would be there. I know that sounds really weird, but I was like, I know only what you're trying to Yeah, I get what you're saying, though. So I like thought, would they like move the Like, I was having these nightmares of like getting off the bus and like just like your whole no life house. would just end as it was. Yeah, there's just no house and no parents. Like, mm-hmm. they were so disappointed, but they handled it really. I mean, way better than I would as a parent. I would have handled that. <laughs> Yeah. the kid would be man, a deep you're, going, you're going to go to jail kid dude yeah the house is moving mother-
0: <laughs> <laughs> interesting story mike fury has a couple more questions oh, for here us we go. working on a video for 100 best games of the decade through 2019 from 2010 to 2019 name your top five taking into consideration impact longevity sales and legacy
1: Hmm. man a hundred games yeah, That's going to be hundred best. That's going to be a huge video. video.
0: Yeah, top in five, top five of the last decade.
1: Hmm. Okay, let's let's remove one caveat
0: there, sales, because man, they yeah, didn't was, track sales. I was, a decade anyway. ago. I was going to anyway. I was going to anyway. Um, I will mm-hmm. say, I'll see. Skyrim was in that period, so Skyrim for sure uh near automata persona five um this doesn't go in any order by the way sorry Mike I just yeah, yeah, no shit. I'm yeah, just trying sure. to pick sorry. five five games you know in such a the amount I play I play like probably 40 50 60 a year um I got a pretty good list now. Skyrim Persona 5 Near Automata um, Bioshock Infinite that's one I love and you know, I keep thinking of it. I'm going to have to go with it. Uh, I know it's going to be a predominantly Japanese list but Danganronpa, man, that, that is a really, really good series. It's one of my favorite IP. It is tremendous. I, I've replayed it a lot. It's so good. So I'd say Danganronpa.
1: Um, the only ones I could come up with was Skyrim for sure and then I'll show my bro colors but Halo and Gears Gears 1, Gears mm. 2 um, and Halo for sure uh, uh, Halo, whichever one came in the 10 years, Halo 3 is actually my favorite so Halo actually, 3 I'm ooh, sure came
0: I forgot, New, Ve- New Vegas was in that window, I think New, New Vegas was oh, 2010,
1: Fallout, Fallout 3 was in that window right? That was, was 2008,
0: it New Vegas was 2010 Fallout
1: 3 is 2008
0: yeah, and that's why everyone's so shocked. We haven't gotten a re-release. <laughs> they could have figured it out in that time period. Yeah, I'm gonna th- I'm gonna take out Daniel I'll do New Vegas. New Vegas. Yeah, um, I'll throw New Vegas in there. So I can only come up with really for
1: me. with really three because I don't. I mean, those are the ones I re- I still return to Halo, and I still return to Forza. And yeah, these are all games I return. Skyrim.
0: To. yeah skyrim is the one game that has no choice in consequence and i still go back to a ton and i think it's just that sense of adventure that's captured unlike any other game it's insane yes skyrim even the normal
1: version already even though i have the vr
0: version or other systems
1: i'll still occasionally just be like oh it's time for skyrim Mm -hmm. and you go back in yeah yeah i think i only have three i don't really i mean oxen free if we're right. talking about if we ignore oh, yeah. the sales, oxen free for me at least would absolutely be in that list. Got two others. Yeah. No, man, that's I. So Skyrim, Halo, Gears, oxen free. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I don't like. I don't know because I prior to doing reviews, I w- I played a lot of games, but I was um, I would stick with a game. So Skyrim Same. would eat up the time I might be playing another one of these other games. Yeah, and I'm Sky not, I was, I,
0: my, my first save file on the 360 was like 300 hours with all DLC. Yeah, dude, it, and it, everything. It, it, it was, it was ridiculous how mm-hmm. that just took
1: over everything. And since I can't pick oblivion because, or Morrowind cause, and remember I'm older. So some of my favorite games are actually back then or
0: uh, are, are older. Yeah. 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 I get that.
1: All right. Fucking two
0: thousand eight, man. I know, right? That's uh, insanity. Best multiplayer game of the year, Borderlands three versus COD Modern Warfare, who wins? I'm not picking either of those because quite frankly, I'm not as like jazzed about either of them. I thought my Borderlands Three experience was pretty plagued by bugs and a lot of them were multiplayer related. Cod Modern Warfare is just kinda like the same thing I've experienced before. Yeah, against those two. Um, I didn't really like my time on Borderlands,
1: so I guess by default. Yeah, Warfare. probably. I'd, I'd probably but default no. to Modern Warfare realistically. Yeah. But not like because it is amazing.
0: Yes. Last Mike Fury question. Is EA now in our good graces after the raving reviews Star Wars is receiving? And he didn't add this in, but we also have to think of Need for Speed Heat, which I know you were a little iffy on, but it is receiving decent reviews.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's a decent game.
0: And there's no but, microtransactions in either game true true but fuck surprising. no yeah i was gonna say that's gonna it's a long road long road. dude
1: not but not only that i don't consider uh a game a company that released only one good game in my good graces either yeah they could release a shit game like yeah. wait long enough and every hero becomes a villain kind of thing <laughs> this is true, we, this is true. You, you know what i mean like it, Yeah, no, I don't think so. But EA has always also supported... If you ignore all the other stuff, people forget EA supports the fuck out of indies. Mm -hmm. And if you talk to indie devs, most of them who've worked with EA say Microsoft and EA are actually on their high list for how they're treated. And I know it's easy to diss on EA because of all the other stuff, but there's a lot of... Unravel uh, was EA-sponsored. You know, some of those... um, so, like, I don't really – I mean, I dislike them for sure for a lot of the stuff they've done, but mm-hmm. I don't I don't really hold them in a weird – I think the only one I've ever even heard you hold in a weird whatever is Activision.
0: <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I
1: hear you talk about
0: Activision more than EA. Yeah, there's, I think Activision there's an, sucks more than EA. Especially after yeah. the whole Activision-Blizzard thing, they definitely suck more than EA as far as right. I'm concerned.
1: Right, so I think, the, the to me, the real one would be, like, is, you know – how does EA get back into people's good graces versus is EA in or out? They yeah. they have their good releases and their bad ones. Yeah. Did you do Heat? Are you a Need for Speed fan? Uh,
0: I, I enjoyed it when I was younger during its heyday. It has not pulled yeah. me back in. I played, not Payback, uh, the one before that that came out, I think 2014. Hot Pursuit, uh, Carbon, um, Hot Pursuit, Payback.
1: Oh, well, there was one just called Need for Speed as I well. think that
0: was it. I think that was it. Okay. I played that one a decent amount. I, I, it it's okay. all right. You know, I wasn't... am mm-hmm. not a huge racing fan. Um, right. As you know, very... Because I think Forza is the only one you've clicked with, right? Yeah. Forza Horizon. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. not, like, against playing them. It's just I don't view them as, like, oh, I want to play a racer. But I might give it a try again because I think it's almost, like, therapeutic just to kind of, like, rip around a track sometimes. Dude, Instead yeah. of just like fighting things or 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 doing multiplayer matchmaking, I think yeah. So I'm I'm more open to it. Um, oh, and Burnout Paradise, that was probably the one you played. I did. Play, Paradise, I did play that, but that, that was the popular one. I did play that, but no, I'm thinking of. Oh, it wasn't that. It one. was. It was a 20. I think it was 2014. It was on the okay. PS4. It was like a cross-gen game. I think. Yeah.
1: Mm, gotcha.
0: Last question comes from Q Davis 215. Since Pokemon got released today, I'll ask this. And this is as of the day we're recording on f- Friday, November 15th. You wake up as a Pokemon trainer. Who would be in your starting six Pokemon team? I don't
1: know six names of Pokemon. That's funny. Okay. I'll do I, yeah. It then. Go for it.
0: My team, I, I will say this now, Q Davis, and I do apologize that my team will not be super original. I am one of those plebs, if you will, that really likes the first generation and the second generation. But uh, after that, my, my interest, it fades. So, Scyther is my favorite Pokemon ever. Love him. And, and by the way, I'm not getting strategic either. I'm just carrying these around for swag. Just to be like, look what I fucking have. Look at my pet. So, Scyther, Hitmonchan, uh, Squirtle. Those three are like shoo right away.
1: Okay, I know Squirtle.
0: Yeah. Everyone should know Squirtle. Squirtle's yeah, pretty that, recognizable. Right.
1: That's that's pretty much it.
0: Um this one's gonna be a hot take. Alolan Sand Slash. So uh Alolan is the island that uh, Sun and Moon take place on. I actually have a plushie of him sitting right here. So this is what he looks like, here, And anyone who's wow. watching for the uh, the video. So there's Sand Slash or Sandshrew, sorry. Not Sandslash, True. Um Sandshrew's really cute, but I like that version of Sand more. So Alolan Santru. Um, and then these last two sort of are evading me as of this point in time. So I'm, I think I'm just going to, I'm going to ball out with these four because I think any other two would be forced. It would have came to me already. Yeah. Do you know the names of all 400? Or like 400? I mean, Uh, like if I see them, I'll recognize them and I can name them. But, you know, when it comes to like the black and white generation, um, and i'm sure my memory's hazy on like the ruby sapphire even though i really like those games mm-hmm. um yeah like once black and white hit that's when my i really dropped off x and y like yeah i i don't think i had a substantial interest from that point on and then sun and moon came out i really like that mind you all these i played except black and white 2 but um the first black and white even as a kid i played and i was just, and a lot of people really like black and white and black and white 2 so i know i'm in the minority there But those just did not grab me. And uh, I'm open to giving them a try again, but I do want to play Sword and Shield eventually. I am interested in that. Yeah, I'm definitely going to play it, actually. Yeah. Those are all our questions, my good friend. Excellent. And that wraps up episode 228 of the Ham Radio podcast. We thank all of you for your fantastic questions. Uh, We hope you enjoyed this week's show. If you want to let us know you did, you can fire away on Twitter with the hashtag... So I wrote two down. Oh, but I don't, I think they might be two
1: Yeah. Well, they came up. Um, I I screamed, "You're that guy!" When you were talking about spending five hundred dollars on your dad's credit card, and then for some reason I wrote Little Maddie because I also repeated those. Those are I don't know why this your story about the credit card resonated.
0: Yeah. Okay, we'll do. You're that guy. So you're that guy. <laughs> yeah. You listened this far. You want to let us know. You got any extra feedback for us? Let us know on Twitter at Jeremy Penter and at G27 Status. As always, we will give you some love back if you choose to show us some. So, thank you so much for being a part of our show. We hope you enjoyed once more, and we'll catch you next week with Episode Two Twenty Nine. Peace, Peace out. out.